This month on the Cartridge Club. So, so in case you guys haven't figured it out, he's going to be the one that didn't actually like playing it that much this this month. So, uh, you can't make accusations like that right. without evidence. evidence. I assume you have some. <laughs> Where they like roll the knees backwards? Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we're. Yeah, it's it's, it, there's some weird weird stuff going on there. It was the first time the game felt easy for me because she obviously didn't know what was going on. If you had any friends, Rob, then maybe somebody. <laughs> no, would I don't. That's the too. problem. <laughs> gamers and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the cartridge club if you are new to the club i'll quickly explain what we are the cartridge club is a community of content creators and gamers of all generations i am sean player one and along with my brother mark player two we host a monthly book club for gamers we pick a game and invite everyone in the club to play along and then select three people to come on this show and discuss the game everyone played without further ado let's meet our panel this month first up from the bonus barrel podcast we have rob Hello. Hey, Rob. Thanks for being here. Hey, uh, this no is your problem. return guest. Yes. And um, uh, thank you for having me, by the way. I'm glad to be here. Oh, it's always good to talk to you. You always have such good insight in the, in the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be bringing lots of puns and bad jokes. Don't worry. Excellent. So I'll be able to take <laughs> the day off. I, I do have one thing to start <laughs> off with already. I'm already ready to go. Um, oh <laughs> question for when Brandon does his intro is, uh, so we were on an episode with Kyle once. Uh do you really think you're going to be able to match up to Kyle Bossman in any way? Uh, I, I don't know if you have it in you, but I'm just saying you have big, big shoes to fill. So just, you know, when he gets to your intro, feel free to address that. <laughs> All right, so that's, that's Rob's introduction. Thanks, Rob. That's Rob in a nutshell, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you uh, let anybody know, or let everybody know uh, what else you do other oh, than, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, steal my thunder and announce our guests. Right. <laughs> my bad i mean they, they saw the title card come on uh bonus barrel is our podcast uh we're just four people who've all had experience working in games who get together and talk about various uh game related things or we do little quote unquote reviews of games and just talk about them pretty much like any other gaming podcast out there i suppose yep excellent uh, uh where can they where can they find bonus barrel cartridgeclub.org or uh twitter i guess or soundcloud I don't have a tiny URL or anything, so just type in that. And after you ignore all the Donkey Kong stuff, you'll see Bonus Barrel. <laughs> it's uh, it's a good show. If you like if you like game or if you like podcasts where you get like an insider's uh, look at the way the gaming industry is run, sometimes it's it's a really good show. I definitely re- recommend checking them out. Thanks. Um, so I guess I'll switch this order up now. We'll jump right to <laughs> uh, to the next guest, and uh, he is uh, one of the founders of the Easy Allies community. Uh, we are happy to have Mr. Brandon Jones. Hello. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I will fight to be better at Kyle Bossman than anything I can be, but I just got to accept the loss. Any, anything concerning, yeah, like outreach, you know, uh, you know, people knowing who someone is, you know, appearing on other things. I, I lose to Kyle and I'll, 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 I'll concede that loss. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you. Uh, I, Used to work. I uh, also founded GameTrailers.com. Used to work there for a long time, uh, and then uh, when that was no longer a thing, I um, created a new thing with some friends of mine called Easy Allies, and you can find us at uh, EasyAllies.com. That's where you can find all of our stuff. We got a, a Patreon, a YouTube channel. We stream a lot, um, and uh, more more new fun stuff to to come. We're only we're just over a year old. We are but a babe in the industry. 
It's uh, Easy Allies is. Go ahead, Mark. No, sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to start gushing. You go. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say it's it's probably the, one of the most welcoming and uh, good communities on the internet. Not just from the 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 crew itself, the nine of them, but all. Uh, it seems like all of their fans are also decent people, which is uh, it's nice to to be part so of. So far, so good. Yeah, you guys <laughs> yeah. have really dodged a lot. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to frame. I'm gonna frame whatever number we hit on YouTube before that all goes south. You know, like when I when I when I can see our community start imploding on itself, I'll be like, "Aha, four hundred and sixty-two thousand. There it is. There's the there's the evil number. That's the tipping point." <laughs> well, now that you're on Cartridge Club, you're gonna get all the all the uh, the worst. Oh yeah, worst listening every time, to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you appear somewhere else, it's always that danger. Uh, yeah. bringing in a, whole, a bunch of uh, unsavorables. <laughs> Luckily, the most unsavorable person in the Cartridge Club is on the show with us. So. <laughs> and you'll be used to them by the end yeah <laughs> excellent so thanks for being here brandon we're excited to talk to you about uh, a game that you enjoy quite a bit mm-hmm. and last but certainly not least from the self-named youtube channel we have the bradley cooper of the cartridge club mr musty hobbit hello <laughs> uh musty i'm gonna assume that anybody listening to this show already knows uh who you are due to the fact that you are the prettiest man on the internet uh, however, <laughs> let's assume that they don't. And why don't you tell them where they can find you? Sure. Uh, the best places to find me, aside from www.cartridgeclub.org, uh, is YouTube. Um, I have, let's see, www.youtube.com slash C slash Musty Hobbit. And then uh, Twitter at Musty Hobbit. Those are my two primary. There's some other stuff out there, but I really don't. You know, nobody wants to see my Pinterest page. I don't know, but I want to see my Pinterest page. I'm really looking for a good recipe on a uh, a party dip. Can you help me out? Yes. Yes, I can. And there will be more to come. Excellent. Well, that's our panel, folks. Uh, really excited to talk to all of them. But uh, before we can talk to them, we have to find out what game we've been playing. So I'm going to turn that over to my brother so he can let us all know on these notes that he made himself from the top of his head and did not copy from Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I got some solid notes here. Um, this has been uh, it's been a roller coaster month. A lot of ups and downs. A lot of people loving this game. A lot of people hating on this game. It's a it's definitely a polarizing game now. Um, as, as a matter of fact, I think there's a few people on this podcast who might have differing opinions. Who would so. hate this game? I can't wait to find out. Oh, I didn't give my preface to to the game earlier that um, it's going to sound a lot like I hate this game and think it's a bad game. I don't, though. Just uh, just keep that in mind when it sounds like I'll I try do. to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just remember each uh, bad point you mentioned about the game is actually a stab at Brandon Jones. So I signed up for a love fest. I don't know what the hell is happening right now. <laughs> for the record, I love video games more than most things. So I'm, I'm, I came with an open heart with this game. Yeah. I promise. A critic's job is never easy. <laughs> that is so true. Hopefully, I can right, balance so- Rob out a little bit. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll balance them. We'll balance them. Don't worry. Um, yeah, so although most of you probably already know, this month we've been playing Perfect Dark. Um, yeah, I remember playing this back in the day. It was, it was amazing. It was a great follow-up to, to Goldeneye. And uh, it was developed by Rare, the same people that made Goldeneye. You may know Rare from Battletoads or Donkey Kong Country, uh, Banjo-Kazooie. But a lot of people remember it for Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. Um, yeah, it ends up being a part of a series. It, it was, this was the only entrance on the N64, uh, but it also had an HD remake, which I'm curious to hear which one everybody's been playing this month. Um, it came out tw- the May 22nd, 2000. Remake came out in 2010. Uh, it's a first-person shooter, and yeah, if you've played GoldenEye, I, I guess you could make a lot of comparisons. If you like GoldenEye, you'll probably like this. 
but maybe not always. I don't know. It's hard to say. But with that said, let's get into it. As I mentioned before, I had played this back in the day. I loved it. I loved the multiplayer in it. I loved the different options of things and customization you could do. Uh, I actually really, really liked the story. I, I fought, and when I was playing Goldeneye, I, I just played it because it was fun. I didn't really care about the story. I'd already seen the movie because um, it came out two years after. But uh, this one had its own sort of unique story. And, and we're going to get into that more, but I'll just say that I enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, this is my second time playing through it, I guess you could say. And I played the N64 version. So I'm going to start with you guys. Musty, was this, uh, was this your first time playing it? Do you have any history with it? And what oh, version did I you have play? A, I have a long history with this game. Uh, came out right before I graduated high school. So that summer, this was pretty much it. Uh, I have played the 64 version more times than I can remember. But this was the first time I had played the HD version. So I had uh, Rare Replay. Uh, and I got that uh, downloaded via that, and nice. It was it was nice. It was also the first opportunity I had to play co-op in the campaign. So that uh, with P one. So nice, yeah. I didn't realize you could do that um, online. So that's pretty cool. Hmm. Um, so just out of curiosity, before we get too far, if you were to pick right now, did you play the N sixty four one at all this month? Uh, this month, no. I'm just curious uh, to see if anybody played both to see how it holds up in comparison. I wanted but to. I, yeah. I I got it running. I didn't play the entire thing on it, but I was I actually got scared. I was like, oh no, it's called Cartridge Brothers. Like, did, oh no, <laughs> is it, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna play this on 360. Am I gonna get in trouble? Like, <laughs> no, you're good. I lie? And then I'll just be like, I'll just I'll just lie. I'll lie. I'll say <laughs> if, they, if they all come if they all come in like holding their cartridges up, I'll be like, yeah, cartridge, <laughs> totally, yeah. I still have it, you know, it's over there, but. Yeah. Um, nope, that's fine. Yeah, so, Brandon, yeah. tell us about your history with it. Uh, Perfect Dark came out when I was in college. End of story. Like, <laughs> this this was one of those games that I believe this and Spider-Man 2, I think, were, like, the two games in yes. college that when, like, my friends would call, and they'd be like, dude, I called you yesterday. You didn't call me back. I'd be like, dude, I told you Perfect Dark. Like, oh, Perfect Dark. Rob, I'm sorry. I, I thought it. What is it? Oh, okay. I didn't look at the the, the calendar. Like, like <laughs> I, I would I would be at, like, the supermarket being like, it's great. So they added, like, second functions to the weapons, and the guy's like, I'm just trying to check you out, dude. Like, <laughs> I would... I would tell everybody I was so excited about this because I remember at the time, I mean, this was before like, you know, you, you play something like a call of duty, modern warfare, where you get like map updates where it's like, Oh, they're adding content to this game I'm playing. And I remember hearing for years, like two, three, four, five years about perfect dark being in development. And I'm like, I just want more Goldeneye maps. Like I just want just yeah, release yeah. another version of Goldeneye with just slightly new stuff. And I will spend $60 on that. And so this, this, you know, everything that they added to this game, I just, uh, was a kid in a candy store, like e even not really enjoying parts of it at the time. Like it did not matter. I was just so voraciously, you know, gobbling up this game when it came out. Um, and, and it's been one of those fun games to just kind of go back to and revisit, um, because it did have a lot of forward thinking ideas that I think still hold up. And especially when it came out, uh, on 360, when it came out in HD and then of course rare replay again. So yeah, I think I've revisited this game at least four or five times, uh, you know, uh, before, yeah, before you pitched and I, I didn't really have a say in what game it was going to be. I was like, Oh, I'd love to be on the podcast. What game? They're like, Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> There's no question. No question. Let's do it. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Let's do the yeah, episode. So, uh, so, so in case you guys haven't figured it out, he's going to be the one that didn't actually like playing it that much this, this month. So, uh, you will be shocked. <laughs> what? Um, but in all serious, we will get to Rob now, okay. Rob. 
Um, my history with with the game, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, and I have a long storied history oh, with really? Perfect Dark. Yep. Please. For years and years, I would get it mixed up with Eternal Darkness uh, by <laughs> name only. Uh, it, <laughs> and then for even more years later, it sat on my shelf, uh, ready to be played until I was finally coerced into playing it. And, and that's what happened now. So now I've officially played the game. It's one of those games that I, I knew about after I realized it wasn't Eternal Darkness um, that I always wanted to kind of try out. Because during, for people who know me, I guess, know that back then, back during the N64 time, I think I, I played mo almost entirely just JRPGs on PlayStation. I was a trash, a trash person. Uh, if it didn't, if it didn't have more than one disc, what's the point of even buying it? Right. So, and the only, the only exception was the Zelda games on the N64 and Pokemon Snap because I mean, and Pokemon is the best. Um, so, and I also don't like Goldeneye. Uh, as I mean, I don't like James oh. Bond as a franchise. Whoa. I'm not a fan. Don't like spy thrillers. Sorry in advance, guys. Sorry. Uh, I shouldn't say I don't like the game. Is fine. I have I played Goldeneye with some friends, uh, multiplayer mm. only. I enjoyed it. Uh, big head mode was was the the thing that stood out to me for whatever reason. But but again, at that time frame, I was like, well, I have a Game Boy Color. Why am I playing? <laughs> am I playing Goldeneye? <laughs> um, but but as I grew up and, and became less of a trash person, I started to enjoy <laughs> these types of games more. So very glad to finally get around to fixing one of my gaming sins. The other one is I still haven't played Super Metroid in any length. So that's that's up next. God. In this list. But yeah, it's uh, that's my history. Not much of one. I have to apologize. We usually do a lot more screening uh, before we let people on the show. <laughs> hey, man, it's good to have fresh eyes. I have no nostalgia holding me back. I wouldn't yeah, that is no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to engage in that. Oh, and I should uh, mention. In, in, a, in a newcomer. I did play the N64 version. Uh, not the Nice. N64. Nice. Right. Okay. So there we go. All right. And now P1, is this your, your first time playing? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how you played it. Did we own this as kids? We did. In fact, oh. I think I still have the box. Oh, uh, so I remember yeah. playing Goldeneye a lot uh, when I was younger. Loved Goldeneye, hours and hours with my friends. I'm not sure what happened with Perfect Dark. I don't remember ever playing it. So this, it coming up for the club, Musty had suggested it. He was like, hey, this is a game I like. It might be fun to do for the club. Do you want to try that? And I said, yeah, sure, let's put it in there. Um, and I played it on the, H uh, the Rare Replay, so I guess it's the 360 HD version. And I feel like the HD version of this is a lot like the 3DS um 3D remakes of like Ocarina and Majora's where this, the, the HD version probably looks the way that most fans remember the N64 looking, but the N64 probably didn't look that way. It was probably a little, a little rougher, but I, uh, yeah, I played it. Does not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Confirmed. Less about the looking and more about the running. I think that like, it just, yeah. uh, perfect dark chugged even in the best of circumstances. So yeah. For, Cause it used the expansion in a charming it, way. It, it required yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Required. It was the reason we got an expansion yeah. back in the house was, was this game. Oh, cool. Um, but no, I, this is my first time, um, and super glad oh. that Musty suggested it. Had a great time. It's also the first time I have played a co-op game online with a member of the club for the Game of the Month. So a couple yeah. of firsts. I think this might be the first game you could have done that. Yeah, that sounds... Oh, no, we did uh, <laughs> We did Dark Souls that one month that it came out because you, ah, you, you wanted to play Dark Souls and didn't want to be distracted by any other games, so we made the game of the month Dark Souls. <laughs> oh, that's cheap. We're not supposed Terrible. to get into that. We're not getting into that. We're moving on. You're abusing your power. <laughs> All right, so did you ever play... Um, sorry, sorry, so you played the, the HD remake, you said. Okay, cool. So it was just me and Rob that played the original, and you guys played the... Okay, very cool. Um... Before we get into the next part, Rob, did you play on a CRT? I think I asked you this earlier. <laughs> no, I played on a regular old Sony TV. 
like an like a like a new HD TV. Like yeah, yeah. I wonder if it, I did too. I'm just it curious. Looked okay. much, I mean, it looked all right. Um, it, yeah. I have a you know what? here. I should have tried it. But. <laughs> but I made it better though. I played it on the Pokemon N64 Pikachu version, making it <laughs> making it the the best way to play Perfect Dark. Yeah, officially uh, officially known. Right? Um, are you sure we don't have anybody else uh, waiting that could possibly be on here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. That's uh, let's talk about right the story. Uh, the story of Perfect Dark. Now, this gets pretty convoluted pretty quick. Um, starts out pretty normal. <laughs> uh, but it is set in 2023, so we're getting pretty close to that. Damn. Um, and uh, I'm liking these notes. Against the backdrop of an interstellar war between two races. Wow, did you write this? this is it was a long day at work. Write this? I, uh, I had a lot of spare time. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so essentially, there's two alien races that are uh, sort of at war with one another. And we are the humans, and we're slowly uncovering this as we go along. Although we work for companies that know about these things, we, the players, are slowly figuring this out as, as things go on. Um, yeah, and the one, the one alien sort of disguises themselves to look like humans it's like an x-files season but uh but you uh you're not playing as Mulder or skull you're playing as somebody a little more uh hands-on i guess you could say uh, what i combine them together you're playing a schmolder oh my gosh <laughs> yes schmolt so you're playing a schmolder and um so you work for the Carrington, uh, Carrington Institute, who works for like the gray aliens, I guess you could say. They work with them. Um, they're sort of the, uh, the the happier, nicer aliens. The Mayans. Uh, yeah, they're called the Mayans. They yes. sure are. And, uh, uh, oh my God, look at all this stuff. Anyway, uh, Datadyne is a defense contractor who works sort of with the Skadar, and they're like the bad guys. So um, you're trying to uncover what's going on with Datadyne while at the same time helping out the Mayans. Um, yeah. So you play as Joanna Dark, which is cool. It's a very strong female lead, which uh, even back then was was pretty rare. Um, so it was nice to see uh, an actual a good, strong female lead. Pretty uh, rare? Oh, yeah. We're going to oh. fall into that pit so many times. <laughs> Might as well do it now. Uh, I had to double check that I was muted because I was next. I was saying it next. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I'm screwed. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And uh, yeah, as the story progresses, uh, you find out that they're they're aliens are fighting, and then you end up having to go up against the uh, the Skadar leader. Essentially, is, is sort of how the game ends. Um, yeah, at the time when I was younger, I thought this story was amazing. Um, <laughs> this time playing through, I was it's pretty cheesy. It was it was a fun <laughs> play, but I remember thinking it was real deep and awesome when I was young. <laughs> um, but yeah, what did you guys think about uh, the overall story? And feel free to mention any characters that uh, that you liked, especially Elvis, for example. Um, we'll start with Brandon. Brandon, what did you think about the story? Well, voice acting has got to be said. I mean, if we're going to talk about the, the, <laughs> the cartridge, Goldeneye, no voices at all, even in sound effects, you know, like some screams here or there. Uh, and then, um, and, and I, I, this will be, you know, my mantra throughout this podcast is just, Rare just upped everything from Goldeneye. Every single thing. More levels, more maps, more guns, more... It just If there was some kind of box they could check off, they did. So much so that I feel kind of to a fault. They just kind of crammed like a little too much stuff into the game. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's one of the, the things that really surprised me at the time is... Uh, that she, they would talk the cutscenes before and after each mission that they talk that you get uh, you know people that would follow you along and I was not a big PC guy I grew up uh, mainly console uh, I, I was in a Mac family so like we did not own PCs growing up and so I missed out on Half Life I missed out on you know uh, Wolfenstein Doom like um, I think I played Doom on like the Jaguar like but just a, <laughs> a lot of the 
um, the, the beginnings of storytelling in uh, the, the first person shooter on PCs I kind of missed out on. So this was like, this is kind of coming of age of this genre for me. Um, but yeah, looking back, like every single line is, uh, can be parodied. I think one of my favorite lines that I still, I would love to find the actor and be like, what happened here? When you get aboard the president, when you get aboard uh, Air Force One and you rescue the president, uh, you're like, hey, the government's been lying to you. And the president says, and I quote, uh, you can't make accusations like that right. without evidence. evidence. I assume you have some. I'm like, did he, did he just say assume? And I was like, no. And and I always thought that was like maybe the N64 chip like gargled that. And so I finally got the the HD version. And like he says assume. I don't know why. Like he really like it's like Shatner saying sabotage. Like he just couldn't. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think one of the things we we maybe get into like level design, and this might be a little more pertinent sure. point for that. But like I think uh, the complexity of each scenario, uh, which and, and and again that plays into story as well, and how diverse each area was, down to some levels like the one in the city where it's raining and you got to like like get one taxi to blow a thing up so you can get inside and then get a thing to unlock another door. I remember being so confused at the time. I'm just like, I'm missing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I liked that it wasn't, you know, there were some parts of uh, GoldenEye where it's like, you're a secret agent. And it just felt like putting a round peg into a round hole. It was, I don't really feel like I'm doing anything that tricky where like, it was kind of confusing. I mean, even for me, I think it was like, 19 or 20 years old when I played this game. And I was still like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing right now and had to ask around, you know, for, for some of the finer points. But a lot of the, some of that's built up on even stuff they did in GoldenEye, which is the higher the difficulty, the more complex your objectives True. get. Um, but just that complexity in the having the right tools and using them in the correct ways, I think is something that um, you see more in like a thing like a Deus Ex or a Prey, but you wouldn't like the, the, the more action fair nowadays, your Call of Duties and Battlefields and stuff like that have pretty much just been like, ah, whatever. Like, we're not doing yeah. that anymore. That's a great point. These guys sort of pioneered it when you, I never really thought about it like that, but, but this was sort of the first example I've had of that same thing. Um, I was really happy that you mentioned voice acting because at the very end, watching the credits, a big B. Jones shows up under uh, voice acting. Nice. <laughs> and I was I like, maybe. I knew it. I was like, maybe, just maybe it's him. And so I'm happy you brought it up, but I guess not. I would have been awesome. Brenda. It's Brendan Jones, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Yeah. It'll always be Brendan Jones for me. Don't worry. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on. Okay. Uh, what did Rob, what did you think about the story? It had one, and that that was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like I said earlier, I, I'm not a big fan of the James Bond franchise. So uh, w- when I think of, perfect dark i think of golden eye as well because of rare and so uh, immediately i was much happier to play this uh and the game like it starts off super cool and and i was invested initially uh, there's like flying cars and flashing lights and tall buildings it feels kind of blade runnery uh and, and you have a cool mission that starts you off infiltrating a building i did get lost in it but we'll talk about that with the the gameplay stuff later uh but it, you know the story part's really cool and that's what we're talking about so but then we meet <laughs> the doctor what's his name uh, yeah. Dr. Carroll. Yeah. What yeah. a stupid looking character. I mean, I cannot take him seriously for even a second. They clearly just mirrored the texture of his face. So you have these like weird eyes that are human eyes pushed too close together and he's just he's like a flying little shitty laptop. I don't know. I I I just started laughing when I saw him. I didn't know if I was supposed to be laughing or not. Uh, but I was. That's the thing is you can do whatever you want. It's, it's yeah, you're right. It was up to me. And so I didn't think that would get topped until I saw the fucking alien. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, I mean, of course, this is made in the late 90s. So this is when the greys were all the rage. I mean, this, like you guys mentioned X-Files earlier. This could have been like the villain of the week 
uh, in yeah. any of those that, any of those uh, episodes. Uh, and so I didn't like him either. He was he was I hated his voice and his attitude. Uh, but uh, the game does. It took me for a loop. I did not expect to be dealing with aliens or intergalactic war or or deceiving the president who gets cloned. I guess there's all these yeah. like weird shit going on in the game that I I do like. I, but the problem was on the N64, and maybe I missed it. I looked for it, but I didn't see if there was a way to turn on subtitles. Do you guys know if that if that was a a possibility? There there was not a way. I, I don't okay. think so. Yeah, I don't remember. And that made it hard to follow because first of all, it's mm. on an N64, so already the the uh, Let's just say the the graphics are retro, um, and sometimes difficult to see what's going on. And the sound is not perfect. I I do like the voice acting as a side note, but I got lost frequently in the story because there'd be some muttered voices, some explosions, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Subtitles would have would have been a great feature for this game. But like like uh, I think Brenda said, uh, the fact that it had full voice acting is pretty awesome. And and when we get to the sound, I have some of my favorite uh, lines from the various NPCs in the game that that particularly fun to listen to but yeah I, overall up ish i assume they just didn't have enough room for the subtitles to have them back then so oh my god it was pretty rare yes <sighs> yes um <laughs> um but you mentioned uh and i, I looked for the subtitles too because of, of the baby so i was like i gotta turn the volume down but then you can't you're missing dialogue so you turn it up and then it's normal volume then there's an explosion it's so yeah. loud it's so often and i'm like oh my god baby's crying <laughs> your baby might grow to hate this game or maybe there's, your baby will start quoting this game in the future maybe maybe this First will be ingrained could yeah be maybe assumed. this is what happened to a young brandon jones who knows <laughs> There's one of the young B Jones. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I, um, but you mentioned Elvis, and uh, I'm pretty sure when you meet Elvis, um, he just looks like a normal gray. Uh, sometime throughout the story, he gets this USA flag vest that says Elvis on the back. Did anybody else notice this? <laughs> Nobody mentions it, and they're like, "It's a, it's a great this- vest." Why isn't somebody mentioning this? Nobody talks about Joanna's, you know, outfit changes from scuba gear to nightgown to. So why would you mention? I mean, at one point, Elvis is wearing uh, Air Jordans, you know, and that's not a big deal. Who made the vest? It's custom. (laughs) It says Elvis on the back. Who's the alien tailor? I don't know. It's it's anyway. I I found that very interesting. So I was happy you brought up uh, brought up Elvis. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Musty, what did you think about the story? Yeah, I I recall the story being one of the big selling points for me uh, when I was playing it way back when. Uh, and I, I, I agree the story is still good. It it goes way off the rails. Uh, we've already yeah. kind of mentioned that, right? If you, if you haven't read the instruction manual, if you're not familiar with the game at all, it, it seems like your standard kind of spy flick uh, and then and then goes in an entirely different direction. Um, but yeah, I, I I still like it, but it's very disjointed. And I and I think one of the things that I'm I'm spoiled with now with modern shooters is that you get from the end of a level to the next level, and you understand everything that's happening uh, between those points. For this, it's like okay, now there's a negotiator at a villa, and now uh, okay. now we're in a uh, deep sea submersible, and now we are. Uh, in a cell on this on this alien ship, and it and it just sort of happens. And the only time that there's really something that kind of leads you into that is that um, the mission that you end up in on the ship, because the end of that mission before, uh, and we can talk about how that mission ended. I, I that one I struggle with. 
Okay. But uh, it, you know, it indicates that you're, you're uh, missing an action. Uh, and, and so you kind of, ha- you know, scratch your head a little bit. You're like, well, what's actually going on? So it, it all makes sense. There's just big chunks that are missing. And, and, you know, maybe it's the flavor text that you can read between missions. Uh, although when you're playing co-op online as a timer, you do not have time to read those missions. Oh. When do you arrive in space, by the way? I, I remember being like, wait, wait, when did I get here? You're like it's the second, the, yeah, second to last level. I think that's when you got. You're on the ship, and okay. They kidnap you, right? Or they, they? I remember that. I just remember being surprised remember. that, that I'm in a different universe. It, it, kind of, it kind of threw me for a loop for a little bit at that point. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, so overall, you enjoyed it then, Musty. Mm-hmm. It kept you entertained. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I call it nostalgia, but I, I still enjoyed it now. Um, right on little campy at times but you know very campy all the time <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> straight camp yeah no doubt all right I, um yeah. go ahead Brandon. oh i was just gonna say yeah I, I i can't imagine not playing with subtitles for the first time ever and having yeah elvis be like i bet you that I, was b jones right there i think there's yeah i think i've just played it so many times i wouldn't be surprised if there were lines of dialogue in that game i still have no idea what they're saying i just kind of picked it up over time like ah, okay they're telling me to go to the ship or something i get it yeah <laughs> now, there were some there were some like context sensitive pieces of text that would pop up uh, from time to yeah. time but it's just but the, yeah you're right there was just no way to have every spoken line shown right. because yeah there were there were plenty of missions where it's like how did you know to shoot that wall p1 yeah. you asked me you asked me that last Good night question. i'm like yeah i played this a lot <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's, what, that's the other thing is if you didn't know to go into your screen oh my god to the objectives the game yeah. is so obtuse like you wouldn't know <laughs> what to the do hell? certain things it's so confusing. I hadn't. I got. I got lost over stupid shit so much in that game, and I, I just didn't know I was supposed to do a thing. There's no indication whatsoever. Like the first time, I don't know. I. I, I guess we'll talk about it later. I'm sorry. You just. You set me. You triggered me. Okay. Take it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> the first time I had to take a picture of something. Oh boy. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. P1. Tell us. What do you think of the story? Uh, I. If I had played this. Uh, when it came out, I think I would have probably been in high school or so, uh, maybe shortly after. Uh, what year was it? Doesn't matter. Um, two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. So it was the year after high school. I don't think I would have enjoyed the story then. I think you know, twenty-year-old me would have said uh, this is cheesy and for kids. Uh, going back now, I'm not a I'm not a fan of first-person shooters uh, unless they're named Overwatch. Um, so <laughs> I I went into this and I was sort of skeptical at first, but. The, the fact that the story isn't just a generic, okay, we're a spy, okay, we're going to do the spy stuff. The fact that it takes such a drastic turn into 90s, you know, B-movie sci-fi makes it entertaining, and I enjoyed it. Um, but I do, like, I, I actually, Musty and I were finishing it last night. We did the last couple of missions last night, and I, I did say at one point, I was like, how did we get from the scuba gear to the to the ball gown? Like I just don't know. I don't know <laughs> what what went on in between there. Now it might have been that we but couldn't you, read the text in between the missions because because of the timer and the co op mode. But uh, I did. I liked this. I liked that the story went a little bit off the rails, and I liked that it was a little. It didn't. The game didn't take itself too seriously. But I'd be interested to see if the story was written first and the game developed afterwards, or if the guys at Rare said, "Here's a bunch. Of, you know, what would make a really fun level. This. Okay, now we have to make a story that fits this theme." Oh, I wonder. I wonder what oh, that is, a, that is one good point to make about about the the level variety and the the theme 
on each of those, right? You you get your corridor shooters now, and it's just the same hallway. Hey, Halo's guilty of that, right? Um, the the original one, but with this, you you had these different, entirely different settings that that showed up once, and you never repeated that, right? You went to Chicago for the one level, you went uh, to the Pelagic for another. Uh, you were in some. I don't know where they were flying Air Force One that it landed in this tundra all of a sudden. <laughs> but uh, but it, it, it was good that that every level is unique. And there, there were, yeah. you know, with the exception of Carrington Institute, which you you can you know walk around to start the game, which was actually that part and being your, effectively your tutorial was, I think, genius when it comes to to a game of this type because um, you can skip it and you can just go right into the game if you want or you can put away your little uh, uh, hologram eye thing and uh, Google Glass and, yeah Google yeah, Glass. And start, <laughs> yeah and then start you know just walking around the walking around the building and trying out the shooting range and uh, all the other sort of combat stuff it was it was a nice way to, to do that um, you know for those who decided to back out of that initial menu and the shooting range had progression to it, so you could like gold star stuff, which yeah. of course I was totally obsessed with. Uh, and I love that you go back there. I love that the Carrington Institute is 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 brought back up, and you actually get to explore some parts that you didn't do before. I think that's a a very common thing now that I recognize almost like right off the bat in first person shooters now, where it's like here's the hub area. It's like oh no, I hope I never have to shoot this room up. It's like I know they're <laughs> going to do that, you right. know, because you know games like this really um, uh, fun fun way you can break the game. Uh, I don't know if you could do it. I don't think. I tested it on the Xbox version, but uh, if you stand in the doorway of the shooting range, you can like block the door, but still turn the shooting range on so you can access those weapons. And then oh. the one weapon where you can guide the missile around, you can then shoot out of the shooting range and then fly that missile around the Carrington Institute. That's and I remember awesome. I, I remember I used to do that back in the 64. I don't think I'd done that since, but uh, I mean, you can't like, there's nobody you can kill or anything. Like you just, right. but it's fun to have another perspective and kind of fly around and look at uh, the Carrington yeah. Institute from up above. Are you saying the N64 had glitches? It did. <laughs> features. They, it had features. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, the slow he... frame rate was a feature. Yeah. <laughs> bullet time the first first yeah bullet time bullet yes time. exactly <laughs> uh, you asked, I, just, you, I do want to ask though did anybody else notice that joanna dark is a psychopath because the the, the game starts and the first thing she's you know carrington's giving her a brief you know gotta go in here gotta find dr carol you know all we know is this there's guards and her first question is are they expendable and then she goes in guns blazing <laughs> like she seemed to really enjoy that she was hoping for a yes on that <laughs> this could have had a prequel where she has like a normal mission where it's not involving aliens it would be like goldeneye and actually that that could have been pretty good i never thought of that i think there the is a prequel called jonah of joan of arc right no joan no, of that's, arc that's, that's what uh, her name is based on such yeah joanna joanna of dark, dark zero <laughs> yeah perfect yeah, for, zero. for the uh game boy right there's a there's a no, game boy color there. one the 360 there's a 360 perfect yep. dark zero is that What's based the off the one it's the launch uh it was the launch title it's yes it is the prequel is, is it good the... uh <laughs> no. not looking good not let's looking move on <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, musty is is the perfect dark zero a remake of the game boy color one or are they different no this is entirely new okay, I'm, okay. i mean i haven't pl- i haven't played the game boy color one but this i have another I mean, yeah. uh, you're not messing around there's a game boy color perfect dark yeah, I'm pretty sure it came out first too. Is it Brandon? Did you play it? I have not played it. I'm familiar oh with it. Oh my god, terrible! Probably makes things up. He's... 
No, I, okay, I do, but not in this case. <laughs> Don't talk back to me. Yeah, uh, by the way, P1, you had a question earlier. You asked how she went from a uh, scuba diving gear to a ballroom gown. Yeah. She changed. It really wasn't. Oh, thanks. thanks. I appreciate it. But there's a, there, there's a few times when you go from, so they get, they're wearing the scuba gear in the pelagic level, and then they mm -hmm. get into the submarine, and then they go down to the, the, the ship that's ship. down there, the crash ship the down there. Or something and, like. Yeah. And, and then she's in her, uh, Carrington Institute, you know, armor. It's like, did she, where did she have that? You have to accessorize, man. You can't just go into battle wearing what you wore the last level. It's embarrassing. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I get changed whenever, every time I go anywhere. Uh, I change this I just podcast. U.S. flag vest. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you can go to any, like, Second-hand place and buy one. I hope so. Especially if it says Elvis on the back. That would be amazing. Well, you can sew it on yourself. I think Perhaps I might have there's to. your first cosplay, uh, P2. Could be. Going as Elvis. <laughs> Aliens all right. have all this space exploring technology, and they can't make a vest. I mean, come on, guys. Let <laughs> yeah, that that's a great point. Let's be realistic here. <laughs> Even Han Solo had a vest. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You've all convinced me. All right. Um, was there any other story points anybody wanted to mention before we get into the actual gameplay? I think we pretty much summed it up. It's, it's uh, got it's got a hostage situation. I love a good hostage situation in a game. Yeah. Are you talking about the Alaskan level or the uh, one right before it? They can't. Well, I technically, um, Air kind Force One is a hostage same. situation too. But I love uh, that level. The Carrington Institute is my favorite level from this game. I, just the context. Okay. I just love. I love being sneaky in a shooter. That's the best. I love going I, in and um, sniping dudes. I was going to yeah. mention that. I, so I skipped the uh, the tutorial. Like I, I when I first booted up the game, I checked the character institute for like a second. I'm like, I don't care. I want to play the game. I want to see the story. But after doing that stage, this is before I started to hate life. Uh, I actually appreciated the character institute more thanks to that level. I mean, probably the reverse is probably supposed to happen, but uh, that stage made it a little more appealing to me. So I went back later. Yesterday, I played it with a friend to test it, some of the multiplayer stuff, and it wasn't as much of a chore to go through for me. It's weird that you got lost so many times in the game after skipping oh. the tutorial. Is oh, it a no, no. They, they don't throw me in a room without any oh, prompting. Just oh, explain it in the game. God damn it. <laughs> one, one, I, want one. I want examples. I'm excited. <laughs> I did want to bring up one character that we haven't talked about except briefly, but the president in this, quite progressive to, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to have a, a, a black president uh, mm. 12 years or eight years before. Obama, um, although I'm sure they were m mirroring Morgan Freeman from Deep well, Impact to some extent. It was voiced probably. by Obama, right? <laughs> it found, it, voices for it? I assume that's that would be <laughs> The credit said B. Obama, so it could have been. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no complications. Yeah. If we're going to get nitpicky, though, that's actually one thing that really bugged me about uh, the voice acting was there is that mission where you can play as Mr. Blonde, I think is his name, uh, as like the Skidar agent who like goes in and uh, you're, you're, you, you revisit a level that you've already done before. But the enemies in that game go get her when it's his <laughs> level. And I was like, oh, but then I'm like, yeah, they're not going to record all these new death sounds just for one <laughs> level of one dude. Like, all right. OK, rare. I'll give you that allowance. In this round. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into the gameplay then, because there's a lot to discuss here. Um, yeah, what did you guys think about the controls overall? Did you use the auto aim feature? You had you had to actually go in and turn it off, I think. Um, but I loved that feature for the N64. I think Goldeneye, you didn't have the option; it was just always on. Um, 
man. Can you imagine playing without that? But uh, no, that'd be tough. <laughs> also, did anybody have any trouble finding uh, finding out how to crouch? Yes, because uh, I don't have the let's manual. Find out. Uh, let's get into it. We're gonna start with uh, Musty. <laughs> Crouching? Well, now what do you think about the controls in general? <laughs> I, th- I thought it controlled just fine. the uh, The weapon wheel was was nice um, in in a time when most of your shooters were just cycling through, you know, all the weapons. You can you know you pull up the wheel and. Um, they the one one thing that I think was kind of tough was they included different views, right? You had your virtual boy view, you had your predator view, uh, and and they didn't exactly explain why you needed it in in each uh, given level, uh, and so a lot of it was just sort of trial and error when it came to came to uh, to utilizing those things. It was like, oh well, this is here clearly for a reason. Um, so I'm going to use it this time. Um, I liked auto aim. I, I will stand by that. Although I thought that um, the last enemy, I thought that I may have had to turn it off because it kept pulling me away from what I was actually aiming at. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. But no, I I thought it was a nice feature. Um, although you know, when you when if you were playing only with a single analog stick i could see why that would be even more necessary yeah but you know i'm used to my twin twin stick fps's <laughs> so I, I i think i would have been okay without it but i just left it on because it made it made me feel powerful can i make a, a disagreement with with you musty if, if i may this is not sarcasm right. i'm not setting anything up um the weapon wheel uh I like the theory of the weapon wheel, but I found, at least in the N64 version, extremely clunky. Oftentimes, it would select the wrong thing, or I'm in the middle of a shootout trying to switch to something else, and I'm getting shot because the weapon wheel is not listening to me. Um, so I like the theory behind it. I just found it. I don't know if it was my control. No, it couldn't have been. I had different controllers. It just it wouldn't snap to the right one all the time, or it would snap back, or I would select the wrong weapon. Uh, maybe it was just me, a terrible gamer, um, but that was a thing that bothered me. In theory, I liked it. Yeah, I had a few times where I'm sweating and I really want to get to my grenade launcher, yeah. but uh, but I missed it. I, I guess I, I can kind of back you up. Well, I'm a fan thing. of, yeah. Uh, I like how Far Cry does it because uh, they don't, um, and I think this might have just been Far Cry 4 because they just have north, south, east, west. Like You just have four and you assign right. it to those four yeah. where some games want to have, like I want to have every single, I think Wolfenstein is actually, that was one of my big issues with Wolfenstein that year that uh, Far Cry 4 came out was they, they put every single gun on the wheel. And so right. it's like, okay, now it's now it's 40 degrees instead of 45 degrees <laughs> right. to pick the shotgun. And um, as opposed to Far Cry, like I don't even have to think, it's just left, boom, there's my shotgun. Yep. If it paused while you were selecting it, that might not be so bad. Yeah, but they're that's still true, killing yeah. you while you're doing it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, P1, what did you think about the controls? Uh, so, I mean, like I said, I'm not really a first-person shooter um, fan. Right. So going in, I was thankful for the fact that it could be played co-op. Uh, as far as controls go, it felt a little bit floaty to me. I didn't really notice any issues because Musty killed everything fast enough that it didn't matter if I missed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I did. I like the auto-aim. Without that, um, that's a must-have, I think. Because uh, I would open doors and just start firing, and then it would just target itself. And it was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I felt a little bit like Luke, uh, you know, in the Millennium Falcon. Hey, I got one, and Musty was like, "Hey, great job, kid! Don't get cocky." Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, as he's killing everybody else. Um, but like the uh, Brandon messages the mess 
mentioned the hostage uh, situation in Carrington Institute. That one was great because Musty and I, like, we lined it up outside the door. He was like, okay, there's a guy along this wall and there's a guy along this wall. I'm not sure how he knew that because they didn't tell us on the map, but he knew. Um, and he was like, I'm going to open the door on three and then you fire and I'll fire at the same time. We're going to save these hostages. And we saved every one of his hostages. Nice. Uh, <laughs> every one of his hostages. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 it felt a little bit floaty to me uh, on the 360. But that, it didn't feel bad. Don't crouch. If you're playing multiplayer, don't crouch Ooh. in front of the other person. Because, like, the second level crouch is, like, a weird sit. Like, uh, it's... <laughs> don't do it's it. A mon- um, yeah. Like, if you've seen, uh, not the more recent Arrival movie, but the original one, um, <laughs> where they, like, roll the knees backwards. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we're... Yeah, it's it's, weird. It, there's some weird, weird stuff going on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as controls go, I, I had... Uh, very like no complaints, uh, especially for a game that came out in two thousand. This is, you know, what I mean, I think the HD version is just a new skin uh, on it, like a new coat of paint. I don't think they yeah. upped the controls much. Um, yeah. But I love the the modes, the co op mode, the the counter operative mode, which is for that even to be a thing that existed in two thousand is mind blowing. Mm. The fact that you know you could play as the guards while somebody else walks around and you know face rolls you as Joanna, um, and the multi. <laughs> oh, <it's> yeah. just- <laughs> It had a lot of good features, and I the the the, the co op play through the single player story was my my favorite part, and I think that's why I enjoyed it as much as I did because it wasn't just me playing by myself. I actually wish now that we had played it together when we were kids, because then maybe we wouldn't have spent those three years hating each other. But better brother yeah. would have would have been there what for him. But we yeah. co op though on the sixty four is is a framey framey mess. It did like <laughs> oof, very slow, very <laughs> slow. <laughs> I, I really like the you mentioned the counteroperative mode, and uh, I almost missed it, but I'm going to throw my our friend Shelby under the bus. I had her play the game with me last night, and I had already done the missions at that point, so it was it was the first time the game felt easy for me because she obviously didn't know what was going on, and oh, so I was able to finish the mission. <laughs> she couldn't find me. I explained nothing because I didn't want to get killed, and uh, I enjoyed the uh, counteroperative mode quite a bit. I know. I it, bet it you is did. a it is a good idea though. Like honestly, like. That it is pretty ahead of its time, and is it is really cool. Well, Rob, why don't you tell us about the what you thought about the controls? Did you have any troubles? Um, well, I didn't know how to crouch. What a weird right, way thanks. to crouch. Let's move on. Can I can I just <laughs> mention? You hold down R and then tap the C button down. Yeah. The down C twice. What? It's weird. I don't know. Can there been no better way to to crouch? It's that yeah. So I already complained a little bit about the weapon wheel. I like the auto aim at first. I, my first thought was, what well, I'm I'm not some baby. I don't need any auto aim. I'm going to play as myself. This is stupid. Uh, but then I began to appreciate it because controlling uh, a first-person shooter on a on a controller is a pain in the ass. Which is, I don't know how the hell you play uh, uh, Overwatch on PS4, or P1. That's insane. Uh, PC version is the best, and I don't even like PC that much. Anyways, I play first-person shooters. All he has to do is hold oh, the left trigger for <laughs> yeah, a shield. I, and, yeah, and, you can and probably wait. play Spectre. Or something. <laughs> nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, the, the, that made it turn it probably from something that would have been extremely frustrating to something more or less enjoyable. Uh, I really like the auto aim, and it goes against my what I believe. I don't like I don't like the game helping me in ways I don't want it to. But in this case, it was it was great, and they just did designed around it. I, I mean, if you have to go in and turn it off, the game is meant to be used that way. So, yeah, throw that. Right on, right on. Um, I used uh, the C buttons. I strafed everywhere. Um, I, I think that was from Goldeneye days. Uh, you had to go sideways. It was faster. You just walked faster. Yeah. Um, uh, I didn't know that until the end of the game because I, I needed it against the last boss. And I was like, oh, right. I can. I, I, I knew it was there, but I never used the strafing. Uh, I probably should have, but it kind of needed it for like the last fight. 
I'm happy you found that because you kept Thanks, saying man. you kept getting that one hit death from that grenade. Man, and I kept thinking, why guy. doesn't he just strafe? Why doesn't he move? But I guess you didn't know. <laughs> you know, I this is I always it's funny because I you know as you guys know well the people here who know me I like old games and I like getting complete box copies of games and stuff. Having the manual for this game would have been really nice. I think it would have improved if I had just, you know, read it. So I went online and, and did eventually. But yeah, that would have helped. <laughs> and here I am like, where's my tutorial? Stupid new games are the best. And I'm like, I'm always saying how great old games are. And uh, yeah, so. Uh, A lot of contradictions this episode, Rob. I know, right? I'm all over the place today. <laughs> I love it. All right, uh, Jones, what did you think about the, um, the overall control scheme? And do you think it still holds up? Yeah, I think that um, that's the biggest difference between the N64 version and the Xbox version is uh, I, I remember when it came out on, on Xbox and or on 360, I was like, oh, yes, I can finally go back and play Perfect Dark. And then the first level, I was like, what is happening? Like, it was almost like two different parts of my brain were like meeting each other for the first time because it's like. You go back now and you have that 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 analog stick with the seize buttons and it's like this is ridiculous. Like why why on earth would you ever want to control a shooter this way? But I played so much Goldeneye that I got good at it. And so it was this weird skill that served no other purpose in my life other than to prepare myself for Perfect Dark. And so when Perfect Dark came out, I was so ready. And then I made the mistake when I when I went into the 360 version uh, and I'm going to the settings because I'm I'm one of those inverted weirdos. And so I go to invert it Not and I weirdo. see the and I see the auto aim and I'm like, it just people get so pissed about inversion. Sometimes it cracks me up. Why would you invert? It's like, hey, it's okay. We can all play the game. Have a good time. It's fine. We play the same game. Fine. You just went that way. I went that way. It's good. Um, but, uh, and so I turned it off going into the first level and it was just like, I cannot, like I, I wanted like as a point of pride to be like, I could be perfect dark without auto aim. I could not. Because I think I think the enemies just move really fast. Like I think mm -hmm. like we're used to that speed with modern shooters, but like I'm also used to people like tripping when I shoot them in the leg in modern shooters, and like mm. you know like yeah. just just the the way the environment rooms are built, the way cover is implemented. Like I take cover much more now than I would in the I'm like when you brought a crouch, I was like, why would you crouch in Perfect Dark? And like, oh, there's tunnels and stuff you need to go in. Okay, yeah. Like, there's reasons, you know, but uh, I, I just the shooters are just different now. And so I, I love this game to death. I will talk about this game and say positive things all day. But it, I think the gameplay does not the actual like movement does not necessarily hold up compared right to e even games that came out a couple of years after this. You yeah, need auto aim to hit those sweet rolls when those characters are doing their awkward dive rolls on the floor. I love those. They're awesome. They're clunkiest. Can you imagine playing a Sonic game where he rolled that slowly? Be the best. <laughs> Wait, isn't aren't most Sonic games clunky and uh, awkward as well? Perhaps. Maybe. <clears throat> well, they have right, the like everyone. they had they have the cloak in, or the, like the the body armor in this game that's like weird right. like colored circles over various <laughs> appendages right. that like when you shoot it's green and then becomes yellow and then orange and then red. And like, mm. man, if you're if something keeps shooting you and you're just shooting this weird, like yellowish, reddish square, it's like it can be very frustrating. The, the first time I saw that armor, I was confused because I thought it was like the armor from Dune. So I kept trying to get close to it and put my knife in right slow. And Musty was like running by me, shooting. I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, you got to go slow. Here's the mind killer, Musty. <laughs> nice. nice. Also, um. I don't know. If, I guess this would be gameplay, but uh, definitely harder than Goldeneye. I, I think um, yes. there are like there's one level in particular in Goldeneye that I hate to do because like you have to protect Natalia while all these like jerks run in and like shoot her up, and like it can it can very intentionally put you in a position that's impossible to to, to beat. Yeah. But it felt like a lot of the the missions in this were were uh, were very tricky. 
and uh, it was easy to get boxed in and um which is why it was a fun game to memorize like to know going into a threat being like man this room used to be really hard before i knew where everybody was and you know where they move and what weapons they have oh i can speak to that yeah, that, well, that's a big deal because you've got you got to snipe out the guy who's going to kill the negotiator. You have to save the president before he gets killed. You have to protect Elvis before he gets killed. You have to go into the Carrington Institute and save half of the hostages. It's <laughs> like there is a lot of, of very for yeah. a game that doesn't have a good aiming system. There's a lot of, of yeah, true precision stuff in Detroit. Is it Detroit? Is that where the street is? It Chicago? Chicago. I can't Chicago. Chicago. In the Chicago level. Yeah. They drop you in that room with four invisible dudes that just go running yeah. around with machine guns. And you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> you know, if Joanna would have just taught her friends and, and uh, allies how to shoot, she wouldn't have to save all of them. Could have saved some time. Also true. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you mentioned a good point. about Actually, we can talk about the difficulty right now and the lack of waypoints. We've all kind of discussed oh, it's, it's this a little, game. little obtuse. Um, but, um, I played on Agent this month. I remember beating all of them back in the day. I can't even imagine going through the harder difficulties now. Um, but I found even Agent got pretty tough, especially the further you got along. I'm already. Uh, angry. Did anybody? Did you play <laughs> Rob? Did you play anything past Agent? And no. Did you beat Agent. Hell, yes, I beat Agent. <laughs> I think that's a stupid game. Okay. Oh man, I, I okay. This game needed checkpoints so badly. <laughs> Maybe just for the last stage. I never felt so much hate in my life than I did until the, la- until the Alaskan stage and the very last stage. Um, so tell us lo- your least and 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 favorite level, and and you oh, can talk shit. about those. All right, all right. I got my my level notes here. Okay. Um, so my favorite stage. I'll start off off positive. Was uh, Air Force One anti terrorism. Yep. I really enjoyed that stage. It's a really cool theme. I like being kind of boxed in the plane. Uh, I like the way the level was laid out. I like that you have to kind of direct the president to the safe pod. And um, I like the laptop gun. I know we'll talk about weapons later, but you kind of start off with that one. And yeah, just thematically, I really like that stage. I did die a couple times on it, but it wasn't that big a deal. It wasn't like, because the stage was set up so it's not, you're not going through a whole bunch of shit just to, like if you die and have to restart the stage, which is what happens when you die in the game, you don't, it doesn't take you like 10 minutes. And yeah, it gets faster every time you redo it because you start learning it, which I actually do like. But the, my point being, it's a stage was of a reasonable length. But this leads into one of my least favorite stages. I mean, I have two favorites, two two least favorite stages. But the one right after, which is uh, what's it called, crash site confrontation. Um, I only like the music from that stage. That's the only thing I like from that stage is the music. It was great. Uh, it started off optimistic too, but the stage is massive, and you don't really know what to do i i remember when i started the stage i turned around and found elvis first i think which is i think the last thing you're supposed to do in that stage so i like that you can kind of tackle it from any level but then i get underground and the first thing i do is find the president being held up by the guy you're supposed to kill uh i went my point being is i went to this the stage so many times i had to i had to send that beacon so many times and i had to see the president get shot so many times it was like i was stuck in an infinite loop of watching the president die over and over again and then getting lost in the dark and killed by a bunch of people i was so relieved and happy when i finished it but here's the best part i actually finally got through that i finally had the president with me and then i was just about to talk to stupid elvis and one of the guards they were stealth or something they popped out of nowhere and killed me i was livid at that point i'm pretty sure i just got up and shut the game off for the night i was like yep i can't that pales in the comparison to hatred I had for the last level. I'm so good at that last level up to the boss at this point because I kept dying and having to go through it over and over again. And I was just like, I was like cursing up a swarm, uh, cursing up a storm. Pretty sure I typed some some unsavory things to you guys on Twitter. I was just uh, I've seen some stuff. Yep. 
I was just, I like, every, the funny thing is I like this game a lot, I think, but it was just like, if there had been a checkpoint before that, I don't mind losing to the boss. That wasn't a big deal. It's just losing to him and then having to go through the tagging, the pillars, killing all the little babies, pushing the, uh, the block over, which I did not know how to do. I didn't realize you had to crouch to push the block. I thought you could. You don't, you don't have to crouch. I you just don't, you don't have to crouch. It seemed that way because I was slipping and sliding all over it. Yeah. Sorry, man. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, you know, it gets easier after that. And then I, I die in the boss because, uh, I don't know how to play the game and I got killed. And then you have to figure out how to kill a boss. Which I, you asked later on in the, uh, itinerary to talk about bosses and enemies. Is there any other bosses beside this guy? I think he's like the only boss, right? Mm -hmm. The rest are just enemies. Am I mistaken? You fight another Skidar in the middle, don't you? Uh, boss, though. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, I guess. Oh, anyways, I guess he's uh, another boss. I hate him. The <laughs> spot where they come out of like suspended animation. There's that kind of. Yeah. There's some yeah. set piece. There's some set piece fights. Um, the end of the attack ship had something like that. Apparently, uh, uh, guard thirteen uh, in the the hostage thing with the president was a boss for you, Rob. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 apparently. <laughs> Anyways, uh, those are those are the two. If I had not played those stages, I think my anger would have been like a fraction of what it was while playing it. But I, I appreciate games that are difficult. I do. I actually do like to play a lot of difficult games, uh, even though I'm I'm not the greatest gamer. But this one just really got under my skin. I don't know. I think it was just replaying things over and over again. If it, if only they had a map and checkpoints, and then I would have probably loved this game. That's mm. I guess that's the modern babying of nowadays games that I, I could have uh, swore you said you love older games earlier, isn't that? What I you said? do love older games. <laughs> and I, man, I don't know why what it was about this game. I guess I guess I've now come to realize what we have had all along. You know, we have checkpoints and maps and mm. this is like I learned something from the past. Yeah, there you go. Lessons, lessons. I learned, learned to appreciate. Who needs manuals? Fuck manuals. So what oh Rob when Rob says he likes old games, what he means is I like games made after nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> right? Is that what you mean, Rob? You like you like games from two thousand and one and forward? You don't. So my favorite game of all time. Mario Three. He loves retro games. Anything on I the do. PlayStation Two. But, but, and... <laughs> <laughs> but just like you guys said, though, I don't. I or just like P One. I did not play a lot of first person shooters until true two thousand and ten. I think when I started dating my current girlfriend, she got me into Black Ops, and that's how I learned to appreciate first person shooters a little bit. So before then, everything else is just a mess. I don't know. I didn't understand uh, uh, what Medal of Honor. I don't know why people wanted to play as army men shooting each other. So I just, it turned me off from the whole genre. All right, I'm done. Okay. All right. No problem. No problem. Uh, Mr. Jones, how about you? Yes. What did you? What was your favorite and least favorite level? Did, what did you think of the difficulty? Did you pay, play an agent this month? Uh, I did. I, yeah, I played on the. Um, I, I, it, this was this month was was not me proving something to myself as far as difficulty was concerned, right, but more just right. like I, you know, this is a fun jaunt down memory lane. I want to see like what 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 moments come out that I'm like, ah, I know what's about to happen and what, what can legitimately surprise me that like I forgot like little tiny details here and there. Um, favorite mission is is probably a tie between uh, uh, Air Force One being on Air Force One, although getting on Air Force One is pretty fun too. It can be a little confusing, like with stuff you have to pass through security and like knowing right. which door to use and what, what not. Uh, but, uh, Carrington, just cause I love the fact that it's his house. You have that context. Um, so you're also kind of learning just a little bit about Carrington's affluence and, and, you know, his, like his personal life. Um, and just, you know, I, I love when a bunch of guys with guns just stroll in someplace like they own it and you, you roll in like, <laughs> no, what it's just like, literally you're all going to get taken down by a woman. Here we go. One by one. Um, <laughs> but Man. my least favorite is probably that Chicago level. I remember, uh, in the nineties, like I 
don't get angry at any of the levels now because I know it's coming. But like, I remember really having a problem with that because you have to like go into the safe and then it takes a long time for the door to open and all the guards are coming. And so by the time the door actually starts opening, the guards don't stop. So like this huge door starts opening really slowly. And I'm like, you know, stand by the microwave, just like, come on, come on, you know, (laughs) where's my mac and cheese going to be ready. So you got to like get into that thing and then get it and then get out and just kind of work your way through. I mean, there's so many bad guys that come storming that, you know, through that area. And actually what I, like the trick that I started to use was if you if a door opens, you can close it. So like anytime a guy's like, "Hey, I'm gonna open this door," oh, yeah. I'd be like, "Nope." <laughs> you know, so like anytime I need to reload, I'd be like, "Gonna reload," and I'd see that door opening, yep. I'd be like, "Nope, close it, reload, <laughs> nope, close it." Okay, line up my shot, close it. Okay, line up. All right, and then they'd finally yep. come in, and I'm like at headshot level. Oh, I was thinking of the first part of the Chicago level. You're talking about when you're inside. Yeah, right. uh, it, yeah. I kept dying before the the guard swarming part. I, I kept they kept hitting the alarm. It was annoying. But that part I actually got through in one shot. I was really happy. I just stayed. I did what you said. I just stayed in the vault and just let them pour in, and I just killed them until eventually I was able to leave. I think I think it was the I can't tell when because I can't. I don't know if, it, if there's five guards in the corner, so I feel bad turning my back to try to right. grab this object when yeah. it could be right at the moment when two guys with shotguns come running in the room, and I I can't see them because they're behind me. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think well, we talked about this before, but I think just there, there's no level in that game that's like any other level. And so yeah, I think that's e- even when stuff was tricky and difficult, I appreciated it for being unique and, and doing something the other levels hadn't. Yep. Nope. That's fair. That's a great, great point, too. Even the ones that aren't good are least innovative. <laughs> uh, how about uh, Musty, your, your favorite and least favorite? And what did you think about the difficulty overall? Yeah. So uh, I played on Agent as well. Uh, the. For me, my favorite levels, and, and I'm going to cheat a little bit, all, all three of the Area 51 levels I, <laughs> I enjoy, um, even the minor escort mission that you have. Um, I like that there were a few levels that had that had secret uh, extra weapon unlocks. In the Sorry, in the escort mission one, you can get a second Falcon silenced uh, if you blow nice. up a, a little, there's a crate that you blow up and there's a second... Um, gun there in the last mission if you take out all five of those towers you do get a, a double phoenix which makes that final boss like totally, well, well, totally how, do you, how do you destroy all five i thought you can only tag the ones that uh the three that you were only i think if you tag the wrong one doesn't it give you a game over it does it does so, so how do you, you do all five? you have yes yeah, so you you tag the three that you have to tag and you have a, a devastator yeah. i think it's called the, the grenade launching gun uh, and uh-huh. you can actually use the wall hugger alternate shoot mode on that and take out the other two Oh, neat. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, that. <laughs> What's that? Musty taught me that. Oh, okay. <laughs> in that, in the Area 51 stage, uh, there. this is a point, a funny thing I noticed. Uh, you're defending off against the, you're trying to get the gates open so that Elvis can leave in, in this UFO. Uh, I was on the catwalks defending the, uh, whoever the guy was that you're defending. Uh, and then it gets, immediately gets a cutscene with, El- with the door opening and Elvis taking off. And like, my character's still in the catwalk. So I, I like to think that he came back, got Joanna, and then still left the other guy. It was just really it was, it was amusing to me. <laughs> yeah, actually that that point in the game is uh, it's a like a choose your you choose what path. If you stay back and defend, that guy gets on the ship with Elvis and leaves, and then he shows up at a later <laughs> mission. If you tell him to go in and open the door or whatever, and you get on yeah. the plane with Elvis, you never see that guy again. It's assumed that he dies. He's dead for sure. Yeah, I mean, not for. I'm just I saying. I know that sure. confidently. Yeah. He might be alive. So you, you can actually two different ways there. That's cool. Cool. It's cool. 
I, I loved I loved the end cutscenes in Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. Both are directly in the engine, so it, like like the camera's literally just <laughs> cutting to that scene. So there's a lot of really great Easter eggs at the end of Goldeneye levels where you can like chuck a grenade before you finish the level, and nice. you'll like kill you'll like kill Natalia like in the cutscene. <laughs> like. <laughs> Love that. Love it. All right, Musty. Um, what was your yeah, What were you I'm saying not. about your favorite and least favorite? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> favorite level were the three Area Fifty One levels. For me, um, there's enough variety there. There's the infiltration. You got to get the disguise. Uh, you have to uh, get Elvis out from being autopsied. Uh, like it's it's kind of crazy. You end up meeting up with the Jonathan who was supposed to be her brother at one point. I think they were saying yeah. that, that he was supposed to be um, yeah. John Dark. And um, they retconned it, though, right? In the uh, new. Uh, yeah, they did. They did. Um, but he, uh, I like those three and apparently there's two ways to end that level. You can either, you can get out on the ship with Elvis or you can take the speeder bike, but it didn't give us that option. Uh, <laughs> oh, it didn't. Uh, I did, that's, that's amazing. Man. We really? played, we played in co-ops. So that's probably why we didn't get the option. Oh, ah. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. So that, that he does that though. It is I, cool. I liked that as far as levels I didn't like. I don't like levels that have an auto fail condition on the third objective that oh, you can yeah. fail immediately. Uh, <laughs> the and that's, yeah, yeah, those are, those are rough. So the, the, the Chicago level, the, the, the Chicago streets level mm-hmm. was like that. Um, if you use up all your devastator ammo in the final level, um, you're totally, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and there's, you know, there's just no other, there's, it doesn't warn you about those things. It just, it just happens. Um, and I don't know, those things are, are, are frustrations. So you end up failing a level once and then you just know that you, you either learn to not do what you just did again. Um, or you eventually just make your way through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, fair enough. I think those are probably my least favorite too, actually. <laughs> the, uh, sunken, the the, like the crashed underwater, uh, alien ship reactor thing uh that stage has one of those annoying ending too you have like what a minute to get out or you mm-hmm. fail the whole mission i yeah those types of things if you had a checkpoint wouldn't be so big a deal <laughs> <laughs> something i want to i gotta bring up as long as we're talking about difficulty too that just amuses sure. me to no end uh you could have bots in uh, perfect dark and multiplayer right. and Love you that. can you can crank those bots up <laughs> to mm. absolute impossibility to literally mm. like the moment my character is in another room with you, the millisecond I recognize that you are in the room, I will shoot you in the eye, like <laughs> immediately. Like, and so it's yeah. fun. It's it's fun to like crank a difficulty up to impossible and just kind of mess yeah. with it for a little bit. And be like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I remember doing that with a friend back in the day, and it was a race to see who could live the longest. Like, it wasn't a matter of who could kill the most; it was who could live the longest. <laughs> like a horror film. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it's just Trump. like some nurse with a pistol. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is too, yeah. Random characters, that's right. Um, John, what were your uh, favorite and least favorite levels? My favorite what did you think of difficulty? The, uh, well, we played on Agent, and because we played co-op, I don't think it was super difficult. Musty is very familiar with the game, helped me mm-hmm. out. Um, if I had to discover that, you know, you have to switch to IR and see which of these lights is green to turn off to open this door, and you have to right. find this magic hole in the wall. If I had to had to do all that on my own, this would be another oh, month when I didn't finish the game. Yeah, I uh, that that stuff would I think I would have found that quite frustrating. 
Mm-hmm. I know I would have. So the fact that Musty, it wasn't like Musty just walked through the level and I followed him, you know, picking up ammo. Um, yeah. I sometimes sounds, I was. It sounds like you uh, just <laughs> rode his coattails the whole time. Well, there was no Musty, would... you wouldn't have. You'd be in my situation, except you wouldn't have finished it. You wouldn't <laughs> have been a champion like me. Me, I'm the best. You're right. I was trying to be a. I was trying to be a good tour guide. That's right. So Musty was like. He was like, I know that you know these first-person shooters aren't really your thing. So we'd start the stage, we'd go over the objectives, and he like, right, so we start going. And then when it got to the point when he was like, okay, we'd walk into a room, he'd be like, okay, now you got to do this. So he would let me do all this oh, stuff, but he would sad. explain it to me. It was like having a walkthrough, like a musty walkthrough. Yeah, sad. Um, you know, you're here giving me guff. I'm guff. I'm going through myself. I'm a lone wolf, and you're getting walked through by your dad, basically. Oh. <laughs> Well, if you I'll had somebody, if, if you had any friends, Rob, then maybe somebody. <laughs> no, would I don't. You that's the too. problem. Shelby probably could have told why, you how to play. Why does it feel like you get to this point in every one of your podcasts? Where we <laughs> 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 so yeah, we do. Yeah. This, this seems like this comes up a lot. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rob's got some issues we're trying to work through. We help. We have him on every now and then to try and help moat. And uh, <laughs> but I, I didn't find the difficulty too bad because of that reason. Um, Right. I love the co-op mode. I, and now when you play two player, the second player plays as like a blonde woman who's not Joanna Dark. It's true. Musty and I started calling her Laura Laura Light. Um, Does she have a name of Laura Light? <laughs> no, she doesn't have a name. <laughs> um she was she was she had she was the scores all just below perfect. Uh so she wasn't quite as good as <laughs> yeah, Joanna near, on, near on the course. <laughs> near perfect, yeah, that's right. Oh near perfect light is what she was. Yeah. Um, a minus. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was I had a lot of fun. Uh, my favorite stage was the the going back to the Carrington Institute with the hostages. Like I said, how we lined up the shots and everything. Because that to me felt like we were that was the first time I felt like we were actually like we're doing this together like as a team and we're we're sort of infiltrating this to try and save these lives. Uh, and we saved all most of them. Um Half of them. So uh, that was my favorite <laughs> stage. My least favorite would have been the Chicago Streets stage. because So Musty and I played through up to that point together. And then uh, we only played on Tuesdays. So there was a couple of days that I went through single player on my own. Got back to that point. Uh, and then that was the first stage that I tried to do by myself. Uh, and that was a that was a no. That was a big... funny. You had a hard time doing it by yourself. It was weird. Like, well, the whole game that way. Because it was like, like being a real like, gamer. Cause a distraction. So I walked around a corner and I was like, oh, I don't have my gun. So I took my gun out. And then some guy throws his arms up in the air and he's like, she's got a gun. And he runs. So I was like, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should put that away. So I put the gun away and then six guards and a sentry drone come around the corner. And yeah. I was just like, I'll wait for Tuesday. You know what sucks? You fail, you fail if any civilian gets killed. I didn't shoot them. The stupid sentry shot the civilians. That's not on me. I, just, I assumed they were all expendable. Blood. I didn't. I didn't realize Joanna was going to sacrifice any lives. <laughs> I think. I think it is a pretty cool level, though, in a first-person shooter. That if you load the level, and I was just to put the controller down and walk away, I would die. Like, yeah, that's kind of cool. That like, yeah. If you just start that level and just stand there, like the dread drone will actually. I think you're around the corner, but like the other you know, guy like, might see you though. The the, yeah, uh, yeah. the guy you have to take his gun from. Yeah, yeah. but that, that would have been you start with those drones, man. They're not right? messing around in that game. No, they're not. Um, and that, to say that's my least favorite, I, I, it's a loose. I use that term very loosely because I didn't really dislike any of them. I had fun in all of them. Now, whether that's uh, because of the fact that I was playing with a friend and you know we we're both having a good time, laughing, and joking around, um, but that's just the fact that the game gives you that opportunity is just a, a strength to the game. I didn't really have, I didn't really have any levels that I was like, oh man, I never want to do that again. Oh, me yeah. too. Yep. Well, good. Fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah. It's okay, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there's a couple other things we could mention about gameplay, but I think we pretty much covered it. Before we get into the soundtrack, though, was there any other things you guys wanted to mention gameplay-wise that we didn't cover? 
Oh, one thing. I'd like sorry, to talk about the, the weapons thing. a little bit. I gotta just. Yeah, th- that is one more thing I want to. I and thought that was it, gonna be its own category. Yeah, we gotta. Yeah, sorry. Oh and yeah, the yeah. Fact yeah. That it has yeah. two functions too. I think I think Brandon mentioned earlier. Each weapon has two functions. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's let's take a minute to talk about the weapons. What were your, some of your favorites, and maybe which ones did you avoid? Um, dual, Sean, you know, dual, we'll start with you. Dual cyclone on alternate firing mode, where you dump clips into chests. <laughs> cyclones wow those things look hilarious oh man we were we were playing multiplayer one night uh, a bunch of people from the club were online we were playing a bit of it and uh i'm not very good and th- so we're playing with guys who are clearly first person shooter like these guys are they all they do is play first person shooters one of them has a an adapter for his xbox one that lets him use a mouse and keyboard on his xbox one nice. um yeah. we don't talk <laughs> to him pro. anymore uh, <laughs> but we were playing and I was just getting my I was just getting my ass handed to me. It was like, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. I think I got maybe like one, two kills a stage, and then Cyclones showed up in a level and I got two of them and I switched to alternate fire and I got to I because you get the first person of twenty kills wins the stage. I had nineteen kills before any of them had ten. And then wow. uh and then I was so excited and so amped up, I was like, I'm gonna win this stage and then I, I lost my cool and I did not win the stage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you yeah, gave it a good run though. You gotta make cyclones. Focus. <laughs> nice. All right, Alan. Good choice. Good, good first weapon. Um, how about uh, how about you, Brandon? And what did you think about uh, the weapons in comparison to Goldeneye too? And uh, and yeah, what was your favorite from this one? I think weapons are another great example. Um, you know, not to be a broken record, but just how they just upped everything from yeah. that. I don't, I don't. I can't really think of a game or a, a weapon in in um Goldeneye that I like needed in Perfect Dark or didn't have like remote mines and multiplayer was just me. Anytime I had remote mines, I was that mm-hmm. player that would like throw them and detonate them in midair and like my friends were like, how do you do that? I'm like, I'm not telling. Yeah. Know how to do it. That um, AV, I can't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. And then and then and I think if you hit two buttons at the same time, you would roll back through your arsenal. So instead of like selecting the next right. weapon, you'd select the one before that. My friend, oh, cool. how'd you do that? Um, <laughs> but uh, the far sight is like one of the best first person shooter weapons ever. I mean, if you're doing top ten list, man, just to and and the the fact that that's in multiplayer is so funny because you can find anyone in the entire stage and kill them, but it's hard. Like it's hard to really aim, you know, with that gun. And so if you, if I, unless you're totally stationary, if in multiplayer, I nab you with the far side, like that's an accomplishment. Like that's really that tricky. Cool and it's yeah. fun because if you don't know what hit you, you're what in the hunt? Like I was in a hallway. No one was in this hallway. And, and but uh, just, I mean, even just in single player, like, with the whatever uh mission i think it's when you get aboard the ufo gave me that it's like well i'm killing everybody before i move <laughs> you know like i'm literally like my two feet aren't gonna go anywhere and i'm gonna murder everybody every single person on the stage um and and just the just visually just how just understanding a 3d space only like a couple feet at a time is a fascinating thing to do as well visually to see if you can you're like i think i'm in this hallway oh there's the staircase okay go down and oh there's the guy fleeing from certain death <laughs> uh and just yeah the laptop gun how you could throw that even like uh remember there's one gun that would turn into a grenade that you could throw because yeah. in the area 51 level um there's a minefield that you can sneak past like to get right. through the front door and so i remember that's what i would do back in the day when i would take some weapon that i could literally like in second mode was just to throw it and i would just throw it out to trip the mines yeah. i'm like that's cool i can't say i've ever done that in another shooter that is cool that, that is great that firesight is terrifying because you're like cyclones, you can run and hide. Mines, you can run and hide. The first one, you can't. All you can do is sit and die. That's your your options are to sit down and wait. Yeah, I can feel it. It's it's here. Yeah. I know it's here. You know, you know when somebody's got it, especially if you're playing multiplayer. You know somebody's got it because they're giggling. Yeah. <laughs> 
but it's funny. Yeah, any any shooter is fun. Also, that has uh, you like Earth weapons and alien weapons at the same time. And like, I think they did a really good job out of making them like weird. Like, I think it's the Callisto. I think like reloads. You just put like a ball into it. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you're like, oh, it's just so, like it's very unusual compared to just so your classic cool. like. It's sort of that organic, that organic alien weapon is is right. nice, and e- even the the difference in the Skidar and the and the Mayan weapons um, is interesting. The only Skidar weapon worth talking about is is the Slayer, but uh, oh, yeah. that thing is that thing is fun and is the slowest rocket uh, ever. <laughs> I like the, uh, the grinder the too. I think it's it's good to mention that one. That or is it called Reaper? Oh, yeah, the Reaper. Yeah, yeah, the Reaper. Yeah, yeah, that one was cool too. Oh, the the Gatling gun, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the all oh, never... fire is just a a grinder, like yeah. uh, like <laughs> that thing from uh, Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> Actually, just as creepy. <laughs> uh, Musty, what, what about you? What were your favorite and least favorite? So, favorite, I I like that. Uh, is it was it the Callisto? Is that? Yep. I like the Phoenix ones too. Some really both Mayan weapons. Um, the tranquilizers fun. Oh yeah. Although although, although you yeah. only you only get it in uh in the story mode in you know one half of the Area 51 levels but <laughs> but tranquilizers only in multiplayer is is <laughs> pretty hilarious cuz everyone just starts getting drunk. <laughs> <It> was, yeah. <laughs> but uh I don't know. I mean just good old dual falcon silencers is is oh, great. Like you know powerful you know and that's it for for just handguns that that is it's the clean look and it's i mean it's the iconic one like even perfect dark zero has got the, the falcon on the front yeah there's i don't think the there's a weapon gun. that feels bad you know like they all it doesn't matter what you have unless maybe it's that weird scoped handgun um but none of them really feel like it doesn't matter what you have you're not like oh man i got this i, I don't want this they all feel like right. all right i'm I'm a badass i'm gonna go in here and take names and do bubble gum yeah <laughs> yeah, that's a good point I'm, I'm trying to think of even back in golden i think there was one club. called the club yeah the club yeah worthless it didn't do any damage and it just shot everywhere but the target like it <laughs> yeah, just yeah uh, it was terrible terrible yeah. gun even like dual clubs which is not like oh, not, gonna, not gonna get the job done club. clubs only you don't want to <laughs> use a club that's what they say yeah all right rob how about you what's your favorite uh, I like the laptop gun thematically. I like imagining that she's carrying this in laptop mode and, and that she's hooked up to Windows 95 or something while she's while she's chilling out and then it turns into everybody's giving me thumbs up. No, you're good. Oh, okay, sorry. Although I was like, what's going on? Up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just like I like to imagine the 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 technology of how like is it a functional laptop? Could she use Netscape while she's on it? <laughs> <laughs> she wow. had instant AOL, instant messenger while she was uh, in between missions. I, this, these are the things I wonder. Uh, but yeah. it looked really cool. Is it like Dr. Carol? Is it sentient? Is it Dr. Yeah. Carol? Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, now I hate Did you that. ask if she could use AIM while she was using the laptop? Gun? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, AOL, instant messenger. This is why we have Rob back, folks. <laughs> I also like the Mauler, but only because it helped me kill that cheap ass last boss. Uh, I like the Super Dragon because I like assault rifles in games, and like you guys mentioned, the uh, Callisto NTG. You know, it's uh, I guess a Mayan submachine gun. Uh, I use this a lot during the last stage, up to the last boss, and I just like how it, it's goofy '60s sci-fi look. It's pretty great. 
Mm-hmm. RCP. Uh, oh, in my fist. Yeah, the RCP. <laughs> um, and you get the shock. Even the shotgun is good. Like the. I know. Like I. Are all first person shooters just? Do they all have arsenals? This awesome because. I mean, Your series. Quite, I play oh, Overwatch, so I, I have a hammer and a shield. That's it. I don't play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know I don't like, play enough. To tell you. Yeah, but like I don't know. They all felt really good. All of the weapons felt really good. They rare really knew what they were doing. Um, in they the, really the first got person shooter strong. genre. Like, yeah, they well they they're they're creative, and I think that's something you don't see a lot in shooters now because there were a lot of. I mean, think about how many guns. I brought the list up. I think it's like forty or something crazy. But with like plus the alternate mode, so that's eighty yeah. different things you can do with weapons. And uh, there were some. Like I think I think the 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 idea now is that like if we're gonna put a weapon in our shooter, it's you have to love it. Like it has right. to be something that you feel you get and you know, oh, this is fantastic. And there were secondary modes. I'd pick up something in Perfect Dark even back in the you know when I was first playing it. That was like, oh, it's a secondary mode. <laughs> okay, that's weird. Anyway, moving on. You know, like I've <laughs> yeah. never ever gonna use that but it's cool it's there you know that's well, that's a clever thing i can like disarming people like yeah didn't really didn't really do it but it's like that's what a cool thing you can do in that game if you yeah. in a pinch yeah it, i wish i had played the multiplayer one with you guys because it seems like you would have a lot more fun with the weapons you would you would experiment more instead of using the ones that you find that instantly work for you which is kind of what i did with the uh single player mode but I think like any type of these types of games or any of these types of games are always better when you play with a bunch of people. And the little bit that I played with my friend last night was actually a lot more fun than when I played it on my own. Nice. But, wow. But, you know, if I don't beat a game, then I feel like I wasted my time. So I'm glad that I'm glad I went through the main story. Oh, man, I, I host the show you. and I, I beat like 30 percent of the games. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and of that 30 percent, half of them I had beaten before the month. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta start picking new games you want to play that then they come out and abuse your show yeah. not that you guys would ever do that no uh we're gonna move on to uh soundtrack now um uh, yeah so anyway before we get into the soundtrack was there anything else that we that we missed any uh any other gameplay elements didn't you have uh you, you had a um on your itinerary which i i kept handy because i'm a responsible guest uh it says better than golden eye question mark yeah, I was going to save that for later, but we can do it now. Well, you know, you should have put it later on your list. Mark. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't put it at all. You can't blame me for that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just an innocent guest reading the list. I'm See, surprised you didn't question. get lost because I didn't send out a tutorial on how to read <laughs> the list first. <laughs> I had my manual. It was okay. I think no, Perfect we'll Dark it. is better on paper. I think if you <laughs> add it all up, it's it just has more of everything. And so, you know, like and and the the fact that it's an original property. And so you went into the game not knowing what was going to happen, being surprised mm-hmm. by things mm-hmm. as opposed to like, oh, no, this 006 guy. I hope we take him down. Um, <laughs> right. uh, but I, like I he's going to be think, a good friend. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, but it's, it's like I was saying with, when I would try out alternate modes and then just kind of be amused by them and then leave them behind. You know, it's like you can add all those things in there, but does the game necessarily need them? Like the counteroptive mode is, is really fascinating, but like who who did it really? You know, like what, what what friends like really made use of it? Like it had co-op on 64, but like I legitimately tried it with friends and we were like, this is five frames per second. We can't, mm. you know, we can't do this, but it's there and it's cool. Um, I liked it. But I, I loved it at the time, but you're right. The frame rate did suck. <laughs> I think. I think I think Goldeneye is just the sweet sauce. I think it's just the 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 right amount of nostalgia. It's one of the best like uh, uh, film adaptations I've ever seen in games. Like, which you don't really think of, but like, go watch Goldeneye again. Like, it, they they really recreated all those yeah. levels. Like, <laughs> to a degree, they didn't need to. Um, but uh, and I mean, you talk about music. That's the thing. It's like I can't remember really the music from you know they really stood out specifically from Perfect Dark. The sound effects and like the voice acting, of course. Whereas right. like that that score, like they actually went in and recreated the score from Goldeneye. 
which I thought was really impressive on the 64. Yeah. And it's still in my head. I, especially that opening. It's yeah. Love that golden eyes. Andrew. Um, I think I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, the funny thing is Rob would be the perfect candidate here, uh, to get to play both. Cause I am just swimming in golden eye nostalgia. I still, I have some for, for, for perfect dark as well, but the I amount of time played. I played, the amount of time I played multiplayer golden eye is just, it's, there's no comparison to pretty much any other console multiplayer experience. Um, so I will probably always pick GoldenEye first, but uh, I would love to hear from somebody playing both now without nostalgia attached. So Rob, you were just about to say something that you had played GoldenEye. So what, what I have played a little bit of it. Which of the okay. two do you think is better? Uh, Perfect, Perfect <laughs> Dark is uh, the best. It's better than GoldenEye. So. Really? <laughs> I don't know so, if it's a fair uh, comparison. That's good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for throwing it this way. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a fair comparison to compare Goldeneye and Perfect Dark because, yes, they're both first-person shooters. Yes, they're both made by Rare. Yes, they're both on the N64. But they really do feel like two different beasts to me because uh, Goldeneye, um, like Brandon mentioned, is a it's a recreation of a movie, and it feels very much like that movie, and it's very true to, to its source material. And Perfect Dark, like, Goldeneye to me felt like the serious shooter. You know what I mean? That's the... All right, this one takes itself very seriously. It's it's James Bond. Perfect Dark felt like it didn't. It was this is a fun romp through an alternate future and universe. And it I don't know. I I do think Perfect Dark has more options. I I, I do think that the options I, I think there should be less focus maybe on what Perfect Dark does and and Goldeneye doesn't do and more focus on what they both do really well. And what they both do really well is provide an entertaining experience. So I don't know that you can really compare the two of them. True. So, which is better? Yeah, can you uh, please come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me let me comment on this. Um, I think I think just just better or worse is a is a hard comparison. I think you could talk significance. Um, and Golden and I, in the grander scheme of things, I think is a far more significant game in history because of what it pioneered at that point. Uh, you know. Split screen, you know, multiplayer first person shooter on a console, you know, that that is what that sort of set the wheels in motion for Perfect Dark to even happen. So that wouldn't have that wouldn't have been a thing, you know, without uh, without GoldenEye. So. But as far as personal preference, Perfect Dark, hands down for me, is is a is a better experience. And I feel like it offers more um, and. Like was said already, it's a it's a it's a unique IP. Um, it is uh, takes you in places that you that you didn't expect. Whereas Goldeneye takes me everywhere I knew I was going to go. So true, man. All this would have been so perfect for uh, lasting impressions and overall ratings. Boy, I wish we had of uh, waited. Thanks, Rob. Um, yeah, man, you're welcome. All right. So with that said, let's get into the sound of the game. This is going to be sound effects, soundtrack. Uh, we already talked a bit about voiceovers earlier, that kind of thing. Um, Ra- um, Brandon had mentioned earlier how I can remember GoldenEye soundtrack very well, but it could be because of licensed music, like like he said. Uh, I can't really think of many songs from this game. I remember when you bring up when you're in Carrington Institute and you bring up the menu, I remember the music that plays when that menu comes up. Um, but as far as anything else, that's that's all I got. Uh, I did find the explosions and the uh, gun firing really rewarding, the sound sound effects, and uh, I do love the um, the voice acting. Um, but yeah, Brandon, what do you think overall sound? 
I remember the end credit music kicking ass. Oh yeah, that's right. I don't remember. I remember like 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 just dancing through like the end credits. I was so happy, and I remember it actually like being a pretty kick-ass version of like the perfect dark theme. It was um, good. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I think the biggest thing that uh, that I liked that the game did that uh, Goldeneye doesn't necessarily have a lot of is like creepy, uncomfortable sounds. Like one, like you guys brought up the tranquilizer guns in that level and like I actually remember that being very unsettling that like tick 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 because I can't you can't like see the bullet in the air like you would just see this guy in a lab coat around the corner and like tick tick and all of a sudden everything would be blurry and I'm like ah like and that was that was creepy and invasive you know it wasn't like at least have the courtesy of letting me see a bullet come at me and you know get hurt like a normal person but there was a lot of like weird alien stuff happening and and like I said like you know the the reloading certain weapons or, or seeing them move and change form and doors opening and uh, uh, it definitely, like a door opening on the Skidar planet was not the same sound effect as a door opening in a Carrington Institute. And they, they, they definitely knew, even on the 64, to like make a, a separation between those to establish the atmosphere. Uh, I actually like it quite a bit. Uh, I was listening to the soundtrack um, before we recorded today while I, while I was doing some other stuff. And I noticed something really neat about the way they do the track. So each track has its kind of ambient mode. And then when the action picks up, it kind of shifts to a more like aggressive mode. So I find that the music was large. Am I still here? Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm like paranoid now. So I find that the music was uh, largely atmospheric and moody and ambient. It kind of had this like cold feeling to it, if that makes sense. And um, some of it even gives a feeling of isolation to me, such as the, the uh, Datadyne central defection stage. Uh, but the action beats, like I was mentioning, the tracks are, are awesome. They, they're the they pick up and it gets very exciting. It's a really good contrast from the rest of the game. So you have these like when you're in combat, it, it really feels like things are heating up as opposed to when you're not in combat. So I found that uh, I really like that part about it. And some of my favorite tracks from the game was the Datadyne Central Extraction, uh, the Airbase Espionage, and Crash Site, even though it's from my like least favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> F level, um, and also the sound effects are pretty great. The voice acting is so bad in this game. I love it. Like, and I, I wrote down some of the ones I liked. And there's like waste her, get the hell out of here. Oh yeah, I forgot about the guards and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Target eliminated. I'm pretty sure you're supposed to say eliminated, but it sounds like eliminated. There's also they no, had their own way of pronouncing no. things in this game. Yeah, yeah. I, I just some of them are really funny the way they deliver them. Like, yeah, baby. Cover me now! And my favorite one was, why me? Yes, uh, that is the best. Was, <laughs> uh, some of them, and there's other ones like, you killed my buddy. Oh, uh, man. And it has, <laughs> I don't remember that one. That's awesome. I, I recommend going on YouTube and finding sound clips because it's one of the best no screams I've ever heard in a game. And I can't even do a sarcastic re, re uh, impression of it. Oh, but okay. yeah, those, those, those were awesome. The only thing that I can think that stands is Star Ocean 2. That had some of the worst sound voice clips ever. And this one, man, they're both great. Yep. Yeah, I think I looked up that Star Ocean one after you mentioned it before. Yeah. <laughs> I love bad voice acting, especially from the guards. I forgot about the guards. I always think about the cutscenes, but those great. guards. <laughs> they have such awesome lines. Good stuff. All right, Musty, how about you? What do you think of the sound design? Yeah, I, I have to agree about the credits uh, song. That yeah. that and like the overall main theme are, are the ones that stick uh but other than that, yeah, there's some pretty unmemorable stuff. But I think it, again, echoes the ambient nature of some of those uh, some of those tracks. 
as far as voice acting, I, I, I had fun with it. I know it's not, it's not fantastic, but, uh, but I, I thought it, uh, it did what it needed to do. Uh, I like the context sensitive stuff out of the enemies, um, that, you know, you could, they would say something different based on what has happened. Um, and I guess, I don't know when we're, I don't know if I missed my chance to talk about this or not, but like the yeah. fact that you can, I'm, I'm going to go there anyways. Um, <laughs> the fact that they aren't just one box, right? There's, there's all these different spots. You can hit them and different things happen as a result, right? You, you can shoot the gun out of their hand if, if you are good enough. Right. Uh, if, and, you know, in some cases they'll go and they'll reach and they'll pull out another gun yeah. um, or, and they will acknowledge that um, like my gun. My gun uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, 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 I dig it. I think, I think overall it's, it sounds you know, comparable for everything else that was coming out at that point. Mm. Yeah. Well said. No, that's a good point. I, I think I agree with it. I forgot that you could shoot. I used to shoot the guns out of the hand by mistake. That's how I found out you could do it. Um, <laughs> great, great feeling. And then they go and run for it. It's great. <laughs> um, P1, you, what do you think of the sound? A uh, good sound. Uh, while you're in the game playing, <laughs> it sounds good. You know I mean? It's techno mm-hmm. music. It's, in, it's got good background. Uh, outside of it, I mean, I'm not listening to it in my car. So, mm. but it, yeah, True. it doesn't take me out of the game. It it enhances the game while you're playing it, but it doesn't add anything extra. I found, uh, and okay. the, except for the voice acting, that is top notch. And I don't want to die, um, the, uh, which is my favorite oh, thing yeah. to hear screamed in any situation. I don't die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice to hear it from places that aren't my den. <laughs> <laughs> I find stuff. that the uh, the sounds from this generation kind of have a, a uh, collective distinctive sound to it, if you know what I mean. Like uh, maybe it's just the chips from from this era, but like some of the tracks I felt would have been like would have been in place in Final Fantasy VII, for example. Like if I, well in the Mako Reactor, I could easily hear some of these tracks going on while that's happening. Huh. And I don't know. I think it's just like a part of like if you listen to a lot of the I like I do listen to a lot of game tra- soundtracks from various time periods and i do find that the stuff from the playstation era uh kind of have a similar quality to them but it's good i like it good, good. do you play a lot yeah, of older games Rob? i assume this was the first game you played a couple of games yeah based on how much trouble you had with it i just well, i'm gonna start playing lots of old games i think <laughs> <laughs> all right cool well let's get into the graphics then um we'll, we will all have very different um we all have different. Well, one played HD, or three of us played HD. Two of us played the original. Um, most of us have experience with the original to begin with, though. Uh, so it'll be a little different, I think. But uh, I guess the best way to do it would be to talk about both. I'll start with P1. What did you think about the graphics? And that'll be from the HD perspective alone. It, like I said earlier, uh, I feel like the HD version looked the way that I would remember N64 graphics to look. Like that's the those that HD version is my rose colored. That's my rose colored glasses looking back at N64s. Uh, a little weird that their mouths don't move. You know what I mean? When you're, oh, yeah. You're, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're just, they're they're just, oh, did I steal your thunder musty? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's just, yeah just, that was going to be one of my comments. But. Uh, well, you know what? I'll stop talking about it. <laughs> they talk with their fists. Because yeah. they have the individual fingers. Oh, he's got the fists. Yeah. 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 But uh, I like I like it's full of color. You know what I mean? Like it's not just brown gray. It's it's full of color, mm-hmm. which can sometimes make it a little harder to see. You're in some of those stages where it's like black grate over green flowing liquid on walls that yeah. are pulsating green and red. And I mean that's yeah. a little nauseating. But it, I I like I think it looks good. Um, 
I haven't looked at N64. I'm going to continue to assume that it looks the way that I that the HD version looks. It's, uh, uh, it's be- probably best if you remember it that way. <laughs> yes, good, good for your memory. Yeah, actually, we'll, we'll jump to you now, Rob, because you only have the N64 uh, to reference. So what did you think about uh, the graphics? I did look at screenshots of the HD. I do my research. I'm very so, impressed. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> Uh, no, so just like all N64 games, it looks like a hot pile of trash, uh, but in the in the charming way. Like I like it. It's like right. Spider Man. The Spider Man for the N64 and PS1 are one of my favorite games of that of that era, and they all have the the fucking ball fists as well, which I love. It, it's great. But yeah, it's so weird seeing these these uh, questionable voice acting play out to a head that's moving a little bit with no lips <laughs> moving at all. Uh, yeah. It's great. But you know. Some of the stages get a little confusing in terms of navigation, I think. But I like that they try. And they're interesting, too. It's not just a bunch of, of the same rooms you're going into every time. Every stage feels a bit different. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like it, there's limitations from that time frame. And I think they did a good job with what they had. And the fact that it required the the expansion pack means that it's probably a cut above most of the other N64 games. Right. Definitely over at GoldenEye. What a bad game. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> very good all right okay um musty you play you've had experience with both mm-hmm. what do you think about the graphics overall i thought i mean i'm i'm recent memory i think i will speak from the hd one i i i thought it looked great um again the character models on the on this remaster look look fantastic um did a really nice job with with those, uh, and and I agree that's probably how I remember the original looking because I, I actually looked at some screenshots on the back of this box, uh, and uh, <laughs> there are some there was some definite uh, a rough, yeah. I, I mean, a little bit. Uh, you could say that there was. I mean, there was a lot of variety. If you if you played that multiplayer, there were I I didn't count how many skins there were, but there were so many different options for what you could make yourself look like. And, and, you know, they didn't just give you here's eight characters. Here's the eight primary characters, right? It's, it's, uh, there's scientists and there's, uh, you know, basically every, every enemy is playable in, in, uh, in multiplayer and, and to go through and, and make that effort and remaster it would, would be great. They, they should have taken at least a hint from half-life and, and done a little bit of mouth moving. That would have, that would have changed things for me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, but no, I, he, I, I thought it looked good. Does the HD version have mouth moving at least? Nope. No. Are it you was, serious? It, it, was, it was, it was really <laughs> jarring, um, at That's first. And, and then I, and then, and then I got, I got used to it. They still have the talking with the, they have ball hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, they, they sort of morphed from ball hands into sort of slab, Slab hand. Hand. Um, yeah. hand. There were there were a couple of times, and, and I, I noticed this, and I don't know if this is a byproduct of co-op or what, um, but there were times where the cutscene would start and Joanna would be turned like 45 degrees, and so things would just be off. Like hmm. there's one part where she's sort of wrestling with Dr. Carroll when you find him again. Mm-hmm. And she was pointed this direction and going like this, but Dr. Carroll was <laughs> over here. Uh, and it like I knew what was going on. Um, I had no but, idea though. I was completely, yeah, honest. I was just like, what is happening? Here? <laughs> uh, I think, I think that part also Elvis grabs her, um, and he totally missed, but she just went anyways. Right. She's just <laughs> walking with her arm out. And so 
the little quirks and things like that. And I, and I don't, I don't know what was causing those things, but I, I can cope with it. It's a mm-hmm. 17 year old game. Like, right. Right. Yeah. It those is what it is for sure. were pretty great. I, I found like yeah. in terms of just of goofiness, like the, uh, I think I mentioned it before, but there's a stage where I think it's right after the Chicago street stage where the state, right where you're fighting the stealth guys, uh, Joanna enters the stage by doing a roll in the middle of the room gets mm-hmm. up and goes behind a pillar and I had to watch that a few times and it instantly took any annoyance at the episode at the level I had it away from me because it was hilarious. <laughs> Those rules, man. <laughs> love it. Love it. Brandon, how about you? What do you think about the graphics? I agree with a lot of what people have said already. The only thing I just want to put a little more emphasis on is um and and again it's just I just imagine all the rare developers sitting in a room being like, okay, there's no excuses for this game because we are thinking this story up. So if we hear that there's not enough variety in this game, that's completely on us because we're making this game about, you know, international espionage and alien, you know, encounters. So like Mm -hmm. sky's the limit, folks. We can do whatever we want. And I I really feel that way, not only um, with how the levels are separated, but even the levels you know, themselves, you know, like, yes, that, uh, downed plane level is extremely frustrating, but you like start out like perfect sniping opportunities, huge, wide open space, big, tall mountains. And then by the end, like I'm in a cave, it's pitch black. I have to have night vision on, or I can't right. see anything. I'm chasing little green targets, you know, and, and like, and the, 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 the actual feeling that I had, like, I really feel like I just traveled to the bottom of the ocean and, and the, how many interiors there are of labs in this right. game. And, and they yeah. all, even just, even just the laboratories all feel very different. That's true. That's a good yeah. point. I never thought of that. Even with the same scenario, it always feels different. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, got to give them respect for that. There's no, no doubt about it. Um, I just want to take a quick second to talk about uh, the last boss. Um, we could talk about any enemy in general right now, but um, that last boss fight. How Easy. was it for you guys? It, it was the only point in the game where you actually have to manually aim. I think. Um, it's kind of complicated. I'll, I'll explain it right quick when you get to the last boss. You fight him. He has a shield up. You uh, shoot him in the His shield comes down, and he goes to this altar to recharge it. And then you have to figure out that you have to destroy the altar so that he can't recharge. However, he's sitting in front of it, so your auto-aim will shoot right at the guy who you cannot damage. Um, so you have to automatically aim and destroy this altar. Uh, it's sort of, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but did anybody have any troubles with that, or did anybody want to say anything about that? I didn't uh, know. Easy. Oh, Rob, tell uh, us about your experience with oh, it. Oh, it was a joke. I walked in the room. I instantly knew what to do. The game <laughs> teaches you to use auto aim the entire game, so naturally, I knew to use auto aim. And yeah, I just I, I stomped them one shot. Had fun. Definitely didn't say I'd rather have four more root canals than play Perfect Dark again at the time of anger. Right. Um, I have so- I have soft like that. That was the, the worst part of the game for me. Uh, I have softened my stance after. I'm really glad I didn't just beat it before recording, or else I actually would be like, "This game's fucking shit." Because um, it's not. It's a good game. Uh, yeah. But man, that that stage. I, it was just because I didn't know what to do, which is fine. I, I like figuring stuff out. Um, I didn't, by the way. I had to look it up, and I didn't. Uh, then I, I guess my aim sucks, man. I was playing on the N64. I was. I couldn't. I did beat it. It just took longer than it should have. Yeah. And it, it, but I don't know. I like, I felt good after I beat it. I love playing hard games that are difficult. Like this, like there's another game that I've talked about a lot. It's, um, sin and punishment star successor for the Wii. That game has like a re it's, it's not that hard, but then you get to that last two or three bosses and the game's insane. And I think it took me four or five hours to beat the last two bosses and I was livid, but I, I love that game. And I, I don't know. I, I don't want to hold perfect dark, 
back just because I had a, a too much to me a shitty last boss. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't have a good time with it. The, That's the okay. game I, does I, give I, a, a visual representation though that because it puts that shield that we talked about earlier on that statue yeah. behind him. So. I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe that's obtuse that, okay, here's the it's boss. Oh there's, like, oh, there's a weird shield on that thing. And now being able to aim, I there's no way I would have. Yeah, that's. You can't help me with that one. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, won. Did you play, did you beat the last boss by yourself? Yeah, no, yes. I, I, uh, I beat the, I beat oh, the yeah? last boss uh, in the oh, mode so that I was certainly, playing. Yep. Certainly qualified to judge me over it then since you definitely beat it on your own by yourself not, and did a walkthrough or oh, friends holding not, your hand. I'm not judging, Rob. I'm just I'm letting the <laughs> listeners know. Anybody just, you know who played the I, game, uh, anybody who maybe isn't right. as familiar with older games, like someone someone who's experienced, like yourself, yeah. who plays it's a lot true. of older games. No. Yeah, know, yeah. Uh, it's it's good to have someone there to do it for you, though. I imagine. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! I am happy hurt. that Shelby uh, was able to come over and help you finish it, though. So that's great. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, Brandon, Brandon, did you have any comments about the last boss? I can't remember if I figured it out or not, but I, if this was Vegas and I had to put my chips on the table, I would say no, I did not and had to look that up because <laughs> uh, I remember yeah. that being very bizarre. I'm also not a huge fan of of um, a game that has me shoot guns the entire time and at the very end, like, yeah, I am shooting a gun, but not right. doing a thing or right. maybe like throw maybe throw a crazy new weapon at me at the end of the campaign that I can then use in multiplayer or something. But to have it right. not be weapon related, it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. Nope. I agree. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. How about uh, Musty? What did you think about the last boss? Yeah, it was. We were both from like a sliver of death, uh, yeah. so it was it was actually quite quite intense. At one point, you're like, "Is there somebody shooting me from behind?" Um, and there, <laughs> there was there was uh, <laughs> there, yeah, was. there was a, a small skidar, but he had been behind me for ten minutes or so, and he had just been <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I, I was the stupid one who had shot a devastator round, uh, grenade too close to myself uh, early oh. in that level. And so I oh. was sitting with half of that red bar filled from that point on. Um, and so and then I missed with the Slayer rocket to hit the shrine with it, um, which I feel really bad about. <laughs> um, oh, but no, I mean, I thought I, I thought it was I thought it was an, an interesting implementation of, of that. But. You're right. You've trained us this whole time to shoot the enemy. Uh, so now, here, let's shoot something else that you can't auto aim to. Uh, right. And, may, and maybe that was the that was the wrinkle, right? That was the one thing that they decided to add that was going to make it just a little bit more challenging. And then the fact that you could run out of ammo, but he couldn't. Nice. That's yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe like you could brute force it if you wanted, but there was like another way you could get past it. So if you were like right. talking to a friend and you're like, "Yeah, that last ball was pretty tough," and it's like, actually, if you shoot the statue, you can take him out right away. You're like, "Oh, a neat yeah. little thing." I didn't know about that fight. It's like, mm -hmm. like, no, you have to figure this out. Right. Yeah. And you guys make a good point. Like, if you run out of ammo, uh, you can't kill it, right? I mean, you have to wait for Not the little it. guys to spawn, and then you have to fist them, and then get pick the ammo up. I take it. <laughs> If you do a good enough job, I suppose. <laughs> it's your reward, right? <laughs> I spent I mean, so much time in the game shooting the stuff around the enemies anyway that it just made sense for me to shoot the stuff behind the boss. I was shooting walls and doors and ceilings. So. <laughs> it's just like the clob the whole time. Also, yeah, if we want to get like super nerdy about it, it's like, you know, a hundred high projectile ammunition rounds aren't going to do the trick. But this weird right. flipping like piece of metal that's floating in the air is I, somehow right. going to pierce his shield and like <laughs> stab him deep enough to do fatal damage. Like, what? <laughs> I will say, I, I, I will Not say that we're that getting into it or anything. <laughs> Three out yeah. of ten. 
Okay, so with all of this said, I think we pretty much covered Perfect Dark. That is Perfect Dark in a nutshell. Um, there's a lot of multiplayer modes that are great and awesome, which we sort of touched on. Uh, it's probably what... And unlocking things. You were able to unlock guns and things like that. Doing other missions and doing things faster and getting better scores and playing on uh, diff oh, uh, different difficulties, uh, which I thought was great as well. We didn't really mention the cheats, which are, I know, a big fun thing for goldeneye but perfect dark has most of them in there same same stuff right like you can play yeah. tiny tiny people mode and big heads or donkey kong mode or whatever it's called which i thought was uh it makes right. the game a lot of fun actually or more it's, fun i should say it's a lot of things like that that make it uh gives a sort of a, a personal touch the developers put in the game what they wanted in a game and i thought that was pretty cool um but yeah that's perfect dark so before we close up with our lasting impressions was there anything else anybody wanted to touch on I think we I think we nailed it. So let's get into our lasting impressions. So what this is is sort of your overall thoughts. Um, would you still recommend people play this today? And if not, what what would need to be changed to do that? Uh, that kind of thing. And just uh, yeah, your overall thoughts. Uh, we'll start with we'll start with. No, we're gonna start with Musty instead. <laughs> nope. Musty, you want to start with Musty? Yeah, yeah we'll start with Musty. <laughs> sure. uh, this game always sits really high on my list of games from the night well it's from the 2000s so i guess that, that doesn't count um games on the 64 <laughs> it is it is probably my favorite game for the nintendo 64 um it uh being able to play it again and actually play it co-op with somebody because i didn't i didn't get the chance to do that um when i was younger um in fact there were a lot of nights where i just played against seven bots in multiplayer because because that was you know people weren't around or people couldn't come over to play so that um the fact that this this game enabled me to do that, you know, it, it like I said, it, it, it took over the summer um, for me uh, between high school and college and all that. So it was it was uh, yeah, I'm very fond of it. I would recommend it to anyone. I think I'd probably give them give them the grain of salt that they need to realize that it's you know not a modern shooter but i think I, I i still think there's a lot of good here and i think that it uh you know it's it's packaged nicely and and uh you know overall it's 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 a good time yeah well said well said okay uh yeah we'll go to rob next rob okay your overall right on right, right on right on so if i was going to recommend anyone play a first person shooter for the n64 i'd say go play pokemon snap uh but that aside um yep. I actually really am glad I played this game. It's one of those games that I'm glad that if you like retro gaming and stuff, you should probably play it, at least try it out. Really, So I am happy that I did that. And much like we did with the Parappa episode, I had a, a really hard time with some of the stages in that game. Uh, but I grew to... My, my stance on it softened as we recorded and as I talked about it and as I gave it more thought. And I think Perfect Dark would be the same. If I were to replay it now, I wouldn't have as much frustration as I did before. So I think my second playthrough would be a lot more enjoyable. And I think playing the Xbox 360 version with multiplayer would make the game quite a bit fun too. So I definitely don't think it's a bad game. I, I don't know who I would recommend it to because most people who would want to play a game probably already have. I like, aren't the odd one out. So it'd be difficult for me to think of who I could recommend that to. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to like in this game. And if I had to choose between this and the obvious other choice being Goldeneye, I would, I would play this for sure. Okay, right on. Yeah, that sums it up pretty good then. Um, oh, we're gonna, we'll end with we'll end with Brandon, so we'll go to P1. <laughs> um, no, that's cool. I'm giving away the last word to somebody else on the show. That's not me. I get that. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rarely happens. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> no, I uh, I like this game a lot. I I'm not a first person shooter guy. I had a ton of fun with this. Um, the ability to play co-op, counter-op, multiplayer, and the game's a dollar. If you have an Xbox 360, sorry, an Xbox One, you can get it on the Rare Replay, which is 30 games for 30 bucks, I think, uh, Canadian. So it's like $8 American. Um, there's no reason not to own it. You, it's For a dollar, you're never going to have more fun than this. Uh, the Just value buy is definitely it. there. Just get it. It's, I, I really, I'm not, a, I, I don't enjoy first person shooters. I would play this again. I had a lot of fun with it. Okay, Brandon, we will uh, finish up with you. Your overall thoughts. Uh, I think that this is a weird game because this came, Halo was 2001, right? So this is like a year before Halo. And uh, every, uh, just like everything changed when Goldeneye came out, everything changed when Halo came out. And so this is a game that was not built for twin sticks. So it's a fascinating game to go back and play with twin sticks. Um, uh, that, yeah, I would recommend to only kind of the most uh, hardcore shooter fan just to get like a little piece of history here. But I think one of the things that I, I enjoy the most, uh, this game reminds me of like a Final Fantasy VI or a God of War II or a, an instance where you have a developer that is it working on, that is using an engine or a platform that they've already used that is literally like, we are going to make the absolute most out of this game as we possibly can. You could not make a more complex shooter on the Nintendo 64, period. They did it. Like, this is it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so it's 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 fun to, if you, if you like the 64, it's fun to experience that way. If you're a fan of shooters, it's just fun to see. It's fun to experience a developer in their prime firing on all cylinders, putting <laughs> more, more into a game than probably should be there. Yeah, you're right. They really pushed it to the limits, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, well said, well said. All right. So um, every month we uh, do this uh, game of the month thing, and then we allow everybody to give their own review as well. It's just because you're not on the podcast doesn't mean you can't get your words in. And in this case, we limit everybody to doing a three word review. And if you tweet out a three word review, we read it here on the podcast. So um, us for us five are all going to do uh, a three word review. But first, P1, would you like to read out the uh, the ones we got from the club so far? Yeah, for sure. So uh, some months we're really good about getting this tweet out early in the week before we record, uh, and sometimes we do it an hour before we record. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a few. So, uh, first up from Minotaur Zombie at Minotaur Zombie, we have Better Than Goldeneye. From VG Collectaholic at VG Collectaholic, we have Sadly Not Goldeneye. Um, <laughs> Two completely different, yeah. Yeah, from Jacob Shaw at WSKOSC, we have Best N64 Game. From uh, Ryan Gorman at It's Rocket Sauce, we have It's No Goldeneye. Uh, and so uh, Marmel uh, at Five Game Suicide, he actually put two up here. I'm going to pick the one that I like the most, and it's Your Professor Carol. Um, yeah, so almost like you are the AI playing the game. And there was one more that we had from Dean Lasagna at round underscore two underscore gaming. And that is stop comparing Goldeneye. <laughs> um, so that well, was one of those words community... is going to be Goldeneye. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that was what the community thought. Um, or those of them who managed to happen to see the tweet in the Today. two hours or so prior to this. Um, but now we're going to turn things over to the panel. We're going to find out what they thought, what their three words review are. Three word reviews are. And we're going to start with Musty Hobbit. Musty, what is your three word review of Perfect Dark? Uh, Golden Eyes, hotter sister. Oh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, next, we'll do uh, Rob. Rob, what's your three word review? Perfect back then. 
Ooh, I like that. Nice. Now, traditionally, Mark goes last because he needs more time to think of his three-word review. But because <laughs> uh, because Brandon's here and Mark decided to do it to me, uh, Mark, what's your three-word review? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm ready. I, I said, some rare perfection. Yes. Uh, you see what nice. I did there? Yeah. I did. <laughs> nice. What did you do, Mark? What did you do? <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, and Brandon, we'll, we'll what's your tutorial, three-word review? Uh, tutorial to Rob later to explain that. <laughs> I have the manual. <laughs> Uh, Brandon, what's your three-word review? Campy but clever. Ooh, I like it. I like it. And, and wow. lastly, uh, my three-word review for Perfect Dark on the Nintendo 64 is worth a play. Because I believe it is. Hey. Oh, nice. Feels good. Yeah. Uh, that's the show, folks. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening, spending uh, roughly two hours with us. Uh, I want to thank our panel for being here, Musty, Brandon, and Rob. Thank you so much for coming. Very much. Thanks for having us. And I want each of you to let everybody know where they can find you if they have decided I need to have more of these men in my life. So, Rob, (laughs) assuming anybody thought that, where can they find you? (laughs) Uh, That's hurtful. Uh, You can go to Bonus Barrel. You can come listen for Shelby or Seiji, I guess. Um, So if you don't like me. (laughs) Other than that, uh, just Bonus Barrel on Twitter. And we're on SoundCloud and CartridgeClub.org. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Musty, if anybody is looking to get more Musty in their life, where can they find you? The easiest place would be the Cartridge Club website. Uh, Otherwise, you can just find me on YouTube. Just search for Musty Hobbit. Excellent. And Mr. Brandon Jones, where can they find you? Uh, You can type in Easy Allies to hopefully any place. Don't have a Pinterest, unfortunately, for Easy Allies. We should. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook. EasyAllies.com and uh, Patreon, which is where we make all of our money. So you can you can go there and be like, I'm not giving you money, but no, oh, it's a nice page, I guess. You can do <laughs> that. That's Ally- totally fine. <laughs> is Easy Allies some sort of gaming thing? Is it like uh, it is, you guys talk about games or we do we do we talk okay, we, cool. we we talk about games. We got a podcast. Right. We do shows and uh, we stream a heck of a lot. Twitch.tv/slash Easy Allies. And cool. Kyle Boston's on that, right? I've heard. Yeah, I might listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. Um, uh, so that's Perfect Dark. That's May's game. Next month we have June coming up, and it is actually, fun fact, the game that started the Cartridge Club. Uh, oh, my brother and I were playing this game together one day four years ago, and we were talking about it at Tim Hortons, which is a coffee shop here in Canada. And Mark <laughs> looked at me and said, wouldn't it be cool if we could talk to more people than just each other about this? And the next month we started with A Link to the Past. But that game yeah. for June is going to be Final Fantasy IV. Unless you're playing it on Super Nintendo, then it's Final Fantasy II. That is the only spot it's Final Fantasy II. Um, it's a beautiful story. I, but it, this... Go ahead, Rob. Say what you're going to say. You're gonna uh, say right, it, right. Right. <laughs> it was a beautiful story, but I noticed that Mark needed more than just you to talk to. You weren't good enough. So I just wanted to make sure that joke got out there. That's what it was. a good joke. Good joke. Well done. Oh, well done. It was worth I, think. I am uh, I am so oh, happy we bring you back every time. Um, so we're really looking forward to playing that. Uh, I'll be playing it on the Game Boy Advance. That is the last format of that game that I haven't completed it on, uh, other than the Wonder Swan. But that's never going to happen. Um, I think it's the same board. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So uh, that's next month. Uh, this has been the show. Uh, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, please head over to www.cartridgeclub.org where you can check out this and other great podcasts, videos, and blogs from our community. If you're already a member of the Cartridge Club, you can head to www.patreon.com slash cartridge club where you can donate as much or as little as you like and every cent donated goes to improving the club for everyone. I'm player one. I'm player two. CC Unite. <laughs>